Attention, this is a matter of national security. After a meteorite crashed into the New Jersey Turnpike, the following digital audio transmission from the You Watch I Listen podcast was intercepted by NASA scientists in the year 2019. The You Watch I Listen podcast is about to start. Sit down, listen close, and try not to die. The You Watch I Listen podcast starts now. Home Depot uh, in Kansas had to be evacuated for a bomb threat. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, take it out, take it out. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Oh, suck it nice and slow. <laughs> a couple other really funny news stories. Kenny G. Who the fuck is Kenny G? The fucking clarinet player. Oh, suck it nice. <laughs> what did he do wrong? He's being Charles Manson all weird. In the middle of it, he cuts her off and goes, Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, take it out, take it Dude, out. Dude, now I see why people followed Charles Manson. He was very straightforward. Yeah, he had the right idea. Time for the You Watch I Listen podcast, and always remember, don't sniff it, just do it. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Do you know? What, do you know what today is, Taylor? Today is uh, Saturday. Yes, it's also episode forty-four. You watch I Listen, but do you know what the date is? Uh, what? March sixteenth. Yes, and you know what numbers those are? Six, six. What? Nine. What's what month is it? What number? Three. And oh, what? What that day? Was dumb. All right. Austin three sixteen day, baby. Oh. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Absolutely. And and, uh, happy Austin 316 day to everyone. How was your week, Taylor? Actually, I had a pretty interesting week. I had had impromptu surgery on my foot. No, you didn't tell me about that. If you're having some type of surgery that might kill you, I need to know. No, no, no. It didn't kill me. Well, obviously, shithead. (laughs) I don't know know what the fuck happened, but I must have like... Kick the shit out of something because I impaled my foot with some sort of metal. Okay. And it, like after a couple days, it like really started to hurt where I could barely walk. Okay. So I, I go to the, I go to the foot specialist and he and he he, he looks at it and he goes oh shit that's not good numbs me hits like seven shots of like Novocaine from my, what did you what did you do to your toe I I wish I knew it's I in honor- your Gmail Josh I wish I knew I honestly did. So he numbs me up, and then he goes, oh, I take care of that right now. And he, dude, he slices me open. Yeah. And like, where, like I, I, he pulls something out, looks at it, goes, I don't know what the fuck that is. And he, Probably a hot dog or something. I just got lodged somewhere else. Yeah, I was, yeah after, he, after he cut my big toe, just, just, just Wendy's and, and Burger King started <laughs> flying out. Bacon grease. And Josh, how was your week? Week was fine. You already lost the monitor. I took it out. Oh, okay. Purpose. Oh, you don't want me to see something? Maybe. I don't know what's in my Gmail. I can't oh. even check it. <laughs> Who, yeah, on the download. So your week was okay, Josh? Nothing um, exciting. How was your uh, month? Uh, your month or Tuesday? You were driving. What happened? I don't know. So it happened Monday night. So on Monday night, I'm uh, driving home, right? From and where? From well, <laughs> I'm driving home from work, but I go away that I don't normally go because yeah. I have to stop at the bank. Um, so <laughs> I'm driving in the direction that I don't normally drive, and on the wrong side of the road too. No, I'm driving on the right side of the road, and 
I see it right as it's about to happen. A giant fucking pothole the size of my car. I say, shit. So I It's like ve- a sinkhole. So I veer to the left to try to avoid it. It's so big that I can't avoid it. I hear, boom, boom. And I go, yeah, those are fucking flat. <laughs> and within five seconds of me saying that, my dashboard starts lighting up. Zero PSI. It just says, Check your tires. It just says you're pissed. Yeah. So. Welcome to New Jersey, dog. Yeah. So the you, the you lost your tires. So I lost so my tires. So you still don't have WrestleMania tickets. I still don't have WrestleMania tickets. You have August tickets. Burns Red and Silverstein tickets. And Coheed and Cambria tickets. I got my and, I got my August Burns Red and Silverstein ticket yesterday And Kill Switch well. Engage tickets. Yeah, so and I, Alexis on Fire but tickets. But no WrestleMania tickets. <laughs> Wait, to be Alexis on Fire tickets? Where the fuck are they playing? Terminal 5. Shut up. You want to yeah, go? You, you yeah, need, I want to go. You what need to get tickets All right, because I'm going by myself as of now. Are you motherfucker? Steven Glantz Burn, dude. Yeah. My week was, it sucked. It was the basketball tournaments. So work was ah, hectic. Yes. ACC, Big East, uh, Atlantic 10. Um, I know you, you want to know who we had a better week then? Who? Well, I was about to say New Zealand, but I'm not going to go there. No, um, I was going to say um, the, those two actresses, what were their names? Uh, Lori, Lo- Lori Lachlan, the one from Full House. Yeah, yeah. yeah with this House, college yeah. admission scandal. Dude. What about this once again should prove to everyone you should not listen to celebrities about anything. No. They're fucking they're they, they get they're famous for not being themselves, which means their real selves are most likely phony. Yeah, more yeah, than likely. Probably one out of fifty of them is a normal person. Well I was gonna say, I mean like if you go out of your way and like do something like like if, if you promote like a charity, that's one sure. thing. But like But it, even that is all bullshit because they no. get tax write offs. No, I I know that very I know that. But I don't what I'm saying is that like it doesn't uh, don't listen to political standards no, specifically. No, that's not the at stupidest all. shit. Not at all. Yeah. And it so we had a better week than them. I'm trying to think if we had a better week than anyone else. Uh, I think that's about it. No, I, um, I better did, than Josh. I think we did pretty <laughs> we well. We both had a better week than Josh. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so why don't we get into... Um, our, actually, let's do our plugs first. Excuse me. Yeah. You go for Lobo. All right, so coming from our boys over at Lobo Sound. You had a nice chat with Vince earlier this week, didn't yes, you? Yes, I did. You know, uh, I, I can't stress enough just how uh, open and honest these guys are, and when it comes to their work, it's really a second to none. You know, you heard it originally on the Don't Sniff It, Just Do It track, and you heard it now on our new opening track. Their work speaks for itself. It's very moderately priced. It's uh, for anyone coming up. Comprehensive. They'll actually listen and timestamp episodes of yours. Oh, absolutely. If you need a a jingle for it, if you have a product you want to promote. De- Lobo Sounds, where you go? Where can you find Lobo Sound, You Taylor? can find them at lobosound.com. Um, like I said, the- these guys are really second to none. They work their ass Dedicated. off for you. And when I tell you that they have a passion for this, you know what I mean? They'll go out of their way to help advertise your show. They'll go out of their way to help put their show together and also give you uh, give you good ideas to bounce off. Yeah, of. good, I can't con- speak any good constructive criticism. Guys. I really can't. So, yeah, check them out at lobosound.com. And next, we got to give a shout-out to our guys at the hashtag Shots for Legs podcast. If you like to relax, crack yourself a beer, use some medical marijuana, or violently abuse hard liquor or spill your coffee all over the table Almost uh, you, are, you are missing out on your new favorite podcast from drunken stories to video games to sports fudge and finn are gonna blow your fucking mind hole with the hashtag shots for likes podcast chances are you may have fast forwarded through our recent ads on other podcasts or streams you enjoy but we aren't going anywhere may as well head to itunes youtube google play music tune in spotify iHeartRadio, or stitcher to immediately subscribe and join in on the drunken fun we promise you that if you're listening to us while drinking it is not considered drinking alone Visit ShotsForLikesPodcast.com to choose your favorite listening platform and follow them on all forms of social media. Drink with us and don't be massive cunts. Um, okay, so um, uh, there's one more thing I need you to pull up, Josh. Um, I sent you on Facebook the song my brother made for us before we do our picks. My brother was um, experimenting with some of our episodes and taking sound clips. He uh, felt very Lobo-inspired, I'm guessing. Uh-huh. And uh, he sends this to me the other night. And I, 
I literally was like pissing laughing uh-huh. because it um it it works. So Josh, okay. when you could pull that up um, on I, Facebook, I, let I, me know when I you're about to play it. I have no idea what you're. No, about I, to play. I I don't, I don't even think Josh it. listened to it yet. Damn. I didn't. Um, no, that's cool though. So my brother Rob, my oldest brother, who I mentioned in the Brian Keen interview, and again, thank you to Brian Keen for last week. Uh, we have. Uh, professional wrestler Kevin Knight joining us in a little while, which very I'm very excited. Exci- I'm very excited about that, and I think we're getting the call from Chuck Lace again later. Oh, um, uh, hey, listen, he said that oh, he had right. a very busy week um, with research um, and getting information, so maybe he has researching some real what? Yeah, great. The, yeah, what, what, the what AAF. All right, Josh, go ahead and play that son of a bitch if you got it ready. Uh, give me, give me a minute. Oh, oh thank you. So I just got to keep making conversation. No, it's fine. Here, listen, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something stupid I did yesterday. I went into I, <laughs> I went into Quick Check to buy jewel pods. And okay. Instead of buying jewel pods, I walk out with. Reese's Big Cups and a, and a vitamin okay. water. You oh, wait, hit me wait, up let, last let me week. Finish, let me finish. I realized I didn't. I didn't go finish the jewel. I didn't get the jewel pods. I walked back in. They ring them up and it says, "All right, yeah, your total was eighteen twelve. And I just instinctively said, "Oh, what a great war." That's the first. I don't know why. That's the stupidest. That thing. is stupid. I, I don't know why you felt I needed to know that either. It's fine, dude. I just I couldn't realize how dumb it was when I said didn't it. Didn't you I, just tell me last week you bought a Reese's egg and you ate it and then you immediately shit your ass? Oh yeah. <laughs> and you're lactose intolerant. And how much cream is in there? Uh, they put way too much. I asked for a splash. And how much sugar? Uh, no sugar. No. Okay, good boy, good boy. Josh, what's up? Are you still having trouble? Um, Are you being a cunt? No, I was trying to download the Messenger app on oh. my iPad so I could play through the... Uh, oh, mixer, good, good, good thing we prepped in advance. All right, why don't we just get to that in a minute, um, and we'll do our picks rather than sit yeah, here and dilly, you watch dilly, I listen to the show. Dilly, dilly dallying. The show where everything's made up in the... Po- that's not yeah, the show. No, that's not our show. That's You're just you're just stealing things now. <laughs> what is that? Whose line is the it anyway? Canadian, yeah. Arnold Braunschweiger. <laughs> <laughs> from last action, my, I forgot to say when we did the last action hero episode. My favorite thing in that movie is when his ex-wife calls him and he yeah. has the sound clip. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Just over rubber baby rubber. What is it? Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Rubber baby. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Why don't we do our reviews? I know you went first last week. Did I? So I'm gonna go first. Uh, you gave me what album, Taylor? Um, I gave you the Wonder Years, the Greatest Generation, and you described them as a. Punk, a pop punk band, pop punk uh, to, to their their core is pop. Okay, punk, and yeah. you said it's a concept album, kind uh, of. And this I, I, kinda, this was yeah. uh, this album came out, I think, 2014. It was or 2015, something like that. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna preface this by saying I I'm very hit or miss with pop uh, pump pop pump punk. <laughs> I can't even speak today. Pop pop punk punk pop punk. punk. That's so funny. The last time I heard that, I laughed so hard I fell off my dinosaur. <laughs> so uh, I'm indifferent to pop punk. Um, there's some bands I really like. There's some I don't like. I generally my biggest problem with the the pop punk genre is that uh, Tom DeLonge, uh, New Found Glory, Simple Plan, whiny, high pitch. Uh, voice with the newfound glory stuff. They all bled. I'm gonna say it. They stink because of his voice. Music's great. Musically, they're great. His voice is that fucking high pitch where you can't tell them from one band to the other. So I went into this album having heard a few Wonder Years songs from you, and I remember not disliking it. Um, I'm gonna claim this right now, and I'm gonna be upset if you uh, are mad at me about this. Go ahead. Uh, This is the best album I've gotten on the show so far. You Um, gotta stop swerving me like that. (laughs) I know. Two for two. You're such a gullible. I'm not even a gullible calf. And uh, so I, I went into this with very little expectations. 
And I can honestly say this is the album I listened to the most of any I've been given. I probably listened to it 30, 40 times this week. It was just on repeat. I even went back and listened to a lot of their other albums. And the only one I could say I didn't love was the most recent one from last year. Uh, uh, Um, Sister City. Which wasn't bad. It was just different. It was a little more experimental. I I love it. That's my second favorite compared to this So there's a lot I can say about this album. Again, it's The Wonder Years, The Greatest Generation. If you like pop punk, I don't even want to like... I know it's that. It's hard to... Because it is poppy. Yes, but it's it's hard to classify it as that because this record in particular feels more of like a rock, just a regular rock well, and it's roll a pure, record. It's kinda. a pure concept album. It's telling an entire story. Right. And even uh, going from the first song there, there to the last song, which I just want to sell out my uh, funeral. Yeah. And my, I want to sell out my funeral references the choruses of other songs from the album. Yep. And I, there was not a song I gave less than a four on this album. Ooh. The first song, uh, there was one song I gave a three, and then listening to it a couple times, I liked it more, which was Madeline. And I think it's a perfect segue to the last two songs of the album. It is, yeah. So the first song there, there is a four right off the bat. Um, Passing Through a Screen Door was probably my favorite song on the album. Yeah, I thought um, there was a lot that I could relate to in that song because he's talking about being 26 and seeing all his friends and his close family starting to settle their lives, have houses, get married, have kids, while he's still in the same place he was when he graduated high school. Right. And that, that's one of the lyrics. All the people I graduated with are All have, have kids, kids, all have wives. wives. All, all have someone who care if they come home at night. Exactly. Jesus Christ, did I fuck up? Yeah, exactly. And it, it really paints a, a, an amazing picture. If you ever felt in that position where you felt your peers were passing you by, and there was so much I could relate to on this album to the stuff uh, the song uh, Teenage Parents which you know my family wasn't wealthy and there was a lot of like hand-me-downs coming from my older brothers and uh, you know buying the the more inexpensive shit because my dad was more or less a single father despite my mom being around he was the only one that worked there was so much I could relate to on this album and again he didn't have that whiny voice that I can't stand it was a little more gritty almost a grungy kind of voice at times it's a very unique sound that they have and he has a great voice for it so literally if I'm going to run through the songs there there's a four passing through a screen door is a five we could die like this is a five dismantling summer my second favorite song is a five excellent the bastards the vultures a four the devil in my bloodstream a five teenage parents a four chaser five an american religion i loved because it had an old school punk sound from the beat to the chorus a five um a rain dance in traffic a five madeline a four cul-de-sac four and the last song i just want to sell out my funeral a five i wouldn't change a fucking thing it's about the album the Greatest Generation by The Wonder Years. This is legitimately one of the best albums I've heard in years. I am upset that I didn't catch it sooner. Right. I can now say I am a massive fan of The Wonder Years, That's... and the next time they come around, I have to go with you, because they made a fan for life after listening to Dude. this album. I was The first time I heard it, I really liked it. I did not realize how much I liked it until I, I couldn't stop listening to it. It's it, it's it's one of those records that, when it like, same thing, when it catches you, it catches you and, forever. And the thing I could say that I knew that I loved it is that my drive to work in the morning, generally, I just listened to WFAN. I, yeah. listened, to, I listened to Boomer and Geo, yep. and I was listening to this album instead of listening to that. Mm-hmm. I'll listen to the last half hour of Mike on my way home. I was listening to this instead of that. Yeah. I can't stress enough, if you like pop punk at all, this album is a must listen. The fact that it was not bigger on the mainstream is borderline offensive. You would, that, that's, you would think this that. This album it is fucking perfect. Yep. And it, I, one person said to me that the voice wasn't whiny enough, and I said, oh, you're an asshole. Uh, well, I, it, it's very, it's very very much a stereotype to have that. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. <laughs> okay, Jay. Oh yeah, yeah. Jay and Silent Bob. Jesus. Back, but anyway, but, um, uh, it, it very much falls into that uh, into that cliche of that whiny voice. Mm-hmm. It, I grew up with newfound glory. So that's the way I feel about this. But this change that this takes that dynamic and turns it on its head because it's very much um, the concepts are like oh sad boy fuck well, my life. It's just about this. finding your way through um, a troubled youth more or less with a yeah. r- r- uh, rough parental situation to not having money. To, to get to the point where you grow up and your friends well, are doing all these things and you're still t- 
hanging out in your basement, oh, fucking yeah. well, ripping, other, taking bong rips and <laughs> drinking warm beer. Well, the other thing with this is that too, their lead singer Dan Campbell writes a majority of their lyrics. I can tell, and and it's absolutely amazing. He actually he, he used to be a high school teacher, and That's then he hot. <laughs> he he decided that he wanted to be. Um, he wanted, he wanted to be in this band. And, like, if you follow the Wonder Years from their beginning, they were playing in these, like, first Unitarian church in downtown Philly where th- there's no stage. There's maybe 20, 30 people show up. And to see where they've gotten to, where they, they sell out, yeah. getting close to selling out arenas and shit. We, I, I can't. I, I I'm can't. Not, I'm I not kidding you when I say when they come around again, buy me a ticket. I need to see them. I am. They're they're one of my favorite bands right now. I seriously, you, you, kicked, the, you kicked ass with this pick. Yeah. It it's, was um, incredible. It's an, it's an, they're an absolute incredible no, live show. I, the music was great. Everything the lyrics are great. So the voice well. is great. They're so tight. Uh, mm-hmm. This was everything I was hoping for um, and more. So I'm you, glad. I, I'm, I can't th- even give it a five. It's like a, a seven out of five. Good. It was that good. Demolition Dude. just won the tag titles of WrestleMania six, by Damn. the way. No, I'm, I'm really happy you like it. Like, that's, that's a really All right. big favorite so of mine. Josh, can you pull up our music uh, for our movie pick, which is First Rambo's, Blood. Rambo's First, first Blood. Blood. And just okay, okay, cool. cool. So yeah, like I said, you gave me Rambo's first blood, and, and I, 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 had to, I, had, I had to give it to you because I, I said on Twitter the other day when I have a son, yeah, uh, there's gonna be a cut. He's gonna take his first steps, and then he's watching First Blood. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I'm, let me let me start off with this. You know, th- there's a lot of good stuff going for it, a lot of stuff that I didn't like, but it's only because it came out in the '80s. It's dated, whatever. Of course, so you gotta take it for what it is. Uh, this movie gets a ten out of ten. Yeah, it's fucking um, awesome. It's a lot of fun. I, I wrote some shit down, and so let me just write. Let me just read it word for word. So the first thing I write: Town Cop is a jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Dennehy, <laughs> yeah, Tommy Brian. Boy's dad. Stallone, aka John Rambo, Vietnam vet, aka badass. Quiet little mountain town feel. Mumbo jumbo horse shit. Rambo gets arrested for cursing, uh, crossing that dude's bridge. This is how this movie starts. Dude, get dudes in cuffs the first twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah, like I thought. From what I understand from Rambo, it was gonna be like blown shit up abroad. Just him killing Not Asians. In Washington State. Well, that's the sequel. <laughs> yeah. In <laughs> the sequel, it's just like, hey, we need you to go to this foreign country right. and just kill a bunch of people that don't look like us. Dude, I, I, I absolutely, I loved all the sequences. I loved Rambo in the woods. I liked he, like, his uh, major that came in to save him. He was a really nice element there, to go back to one, his dude, past. I laughed so hard. It, I, what, you shouldn't have laughed. I shouldn't have laughed, but it was like they drew first blood, and he's like, well, you killed a lot of them, John, and he just goes under. <laughs> I drew first blood. Yeah, like he said it under <laughs> his breath. Too. Man. <laughs> yeah, but he but he said it under his breath too. Oh, I drew first blood. And yeah. the, dude, when he comes out with his hands up, I do it. It's well, great. the, I, the really scene specifically when he breaks down to his major in there and talks about it's not the same that they came home to nothing. It, that is some of the best acting of Stone, Stallone's career. I was gonna say uh, that, that part when he's like, you know, I I I, I was in charge of mil, uh, million dollar equipment. I drove tanks, I flew helicopters, and now I can't even hold a job parking cars. Exactly, and it's it's very real, and it very much reflected how Vietnam vets when they came back from Vietnam, and they mm-hmm. were called baby killers. And like you said, most people that haven't seen it have the impression of the sequels, where it's just him tying his bandana right, and, and wrecking people. In yeah. this one, I think it's as much a dramatic performance as it is an action performance. It's, it's, I, th- I think it's very much... 50-50 both ways. Yeah, you know what I mean? I, I think, the, to me, the drama weighs more than the action because yes. it, it it's literally laying the pieces out for the sequels when you actually care about John Rambo. Well, yeah, it, it, makes, it makes Rambo much more personal. Human. And, makes him human. Correct. And... 
the the sequel, you said you bought the entire first Blood collection, well, so he found the all four Rambo movies dude, for fifteen bucks oh, nice. on and, iTunes, bro. I was like, now, fuck it, I'm even, probably gonna watch. Even them if all. it's not your movie pick, you need to take time. I just need you to at some point watch the one from two thousand eight when he's so, just mowing through Asians I just, like it's not, like I just, a butter knife through margarine. I just remember, like, I remember like the the trailer <laughs> when it came out, and he's on the fifty cal, and he's all roided up. Oh and yeah, he's, and they, fucking uh, nuts. And at the end of the year, we're getting the last one, Last Blood. Yeah, that's be the last one, and it's gonna be about that. him finding his family, I believe. So that's back in cool. America should be really cool. So you give it a ten out of ten. I give it a ten out of ten. It really is. It really was just a fun movie throughout. And in a, like I said, it's probably Stallone's one of Stallone's best dramatic Absolutely. performances. I personally prefer uh, him in the Creed movies, just because it's the old first Rocky, Rocky. I think is hardest hard the top. I yeah. think that was his best performance. Well, I, yeah, for I me, mean, it's like Rocky. Uh, First Blood, Creed 1, Creed 2, Rocky Balboa. I loved him in Creed 2, dude. Creed 2 was, was really so good. I like the first one more. Really? But, yeah, because you know what? The Outside of the Drago stuff, um, I didn't care as much of the non-boxing scenes. I thought Drago, you, Dolph Lundgren was incredible. Are His, you, like you're talking about like Bianca and the kid like, yeah, losing the I, hearing. Yeah, it, it didn't feel as organic to me as the first Creed did. Yeah. And I get that because that was the same thing as the Rocky movies. The first one was such a high standard of drama. The first indie movie to ever win an Oscar, yeah, by the way. And then the second one, you knew everything. Six? 1976 or 77. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into our picks for this week. Uh, I'm going to go first. I've been busting your balls about this. His next movie is coming out this week. My movie for you is one of last year's biggest hits best reviewed movies is get out get out um uh, I I can't stress enough just how much I like Get Out. Josh, you've seen Get Out. What are your thoughts on it? I when I saw Get Out for the first time, I was expecting like a horror movie, right? Yeah. But it was the the satire in there. Oh, it's hilarious! It was amazing. The movie Jordan is, Peele, right? Jordan yeah. Peele directed yeah. his first movie. He directed and he, he won the Academy he, Award. He, he for won that. Best Original Screenplay. That's awesome. Um, That's a great it, award to win. It's hilarious. Uh, it is suspenseful. I would say it's more of a thriller than a horror movie. Yeah. Um, the new one that's coming out, Us, is more of a horror movie, which I am insanely excited for. Um, I don't. I mean, people kind of get the idea of what Get Out's about. If you're listening to this, um, unless you're an asshole like Taylor and our friend Quaz, you've seen asshole. Get Out or you have an idea, you're an asshole. Um, Miss Daisy? <laughs> fuck you, Miss Daisy. Uh, I can't say enough good things about Get Out. I've watched it three or four times. It's incredibly entertaining. The acting is incredible. Um, the douchebag from Billy Madison is one of the antagonists. Um, the, right. the girlfriend from 40 Year Old Virgin is one of the antagonists. Okay. Uh, this movie is awesome. I think you're going to love it. So Get Out is my pick for you. What are you giving me? So this week, I'm going to give you something uh, a little Can bit different. Can I get different. Supernatural by Santana featuring Grammy Award winning hits um, Smooth featuring Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20? No. Okay. So I, 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 I appreciate you asking. <laughs> yeah. But not. Nah, so I, I want to give you the other side of the spectrum. I've, I've given you Autism? heavy music. I've given. Calm down. <laughs> this motherfucker tried to grab on my hang down. <laughs> the okay. little black kid. Yeah. <laughs> All right, come on. Shut go, up, dude. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, dude. I'm giving you every time. Do you want my album? Yes. Or you want me to go? Go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm giving you every time I die is from Parts Unknown. It's, it's that's where the Undertaker's from. Actually, no, Ultimate Warrior. Excuse me, Undertaker's from Death Valley. Yeah, well, Ultimate Warrior's from Parts Unknown. Right. Every time I die, Parts Unknown. Yeah, from Parts Unknown. Came out 2014, around the same time as the Wonder Years. That's very much a pro wrestling reference. I yeah, well, yeah, because their guitar player Andy Williams, he's a indie wrestler as well oh, as okay. a guitar player. Every sense, time then. I die has been a band for over 20 years at this point, and this is one of their newer records. They just had a record last year called The Coin Is a Say, which was also great. But from Parts Unknown is my favorite one. It's a mix of hardcore 
hardcore punk rock, hardcore metalcore. Okay. It's a it's a great mix of everything. Keith Buckley as their lead singer is amazing. Um, Jordan Buckley, his brother, the guitar player, and Andy Williams, the other guitar player, and play the father well Jeff. With each other. Jeff Buckley? No, he's dead. Oh. Well, their their father's sad. alive, but Jeff, shut but, up. So there's no relation. Not at all. But so you're telling me Jeff Buckley did die. I'm every giving time. you every time I die is from Parts Unknown. <laughs> That's my album pick for the week. Before I sabotage it more. You're not sabotaging nothing. I just stop listening to you after a while. That's true. That's what most people do. I, most I, people. I, my I, girlfriend's learned to live with me. She just tunes me out and what, just nods her head. What, what other choice and do I'm I have? I'm too stupid to realize that. I also live with you too, dude. So you think I, I figured it out at this and point? And we had more sex. That's not true. <laughs> Your mom goes to college. <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite. Take hey, Kip. Fucking Kip. Um, all right, so Josh, I need, you to pull, I need you to pull something up on Wikipedia. Just Google this. Um, selfie deaths. Did you, huh? did, did you hear about this asshole woman that decided to jump the fence of, uh, yeah, that top one? Oh, she got mauled by a jaguar. Yeah. And she's blaming the, the enclosure for not being good enough. This dumb bitch well, got into a pit. That had a Jaguar in it to take a selfie with it. Wow. Guess what happened? All right. So I want you to start. So first off, I didn't realize this, but I think since it, 2011, there's been almost 300 selfie-related deaths across the world, and they're getting to the point where, like, this is becoming a problem. Holy shit. The, the, country, that seems, lot, the country that seems to have the most of it is India, which I'm not going to get into why. Um, what do you think the most common cause? Look, India. What do you think the most common cause of self selfie death is? If you had to guess, uh, got to be behind the wheel. I okay, would say, Josh, car, your guess? Car accident. Um, yeah, I would agree with Taylor. Uh, the one that I, I read through because I'm morbid, and for like an hour, I read through this. Um, the most common one seems to be people trying to take a selfie on a, by a train. Either they're too close to the tracks, or they get on top of the platform and they touch a live wire <laughs> and get electrocuted. Yeah. I would say that uh, it is the most common. Uh, but go go to the top and let's read through some of these. I want to check out some of these because I, I like thinking about how. How do you want me to go? You want me to go by date or by country? Go by date. Happy Saturday. Yeah, let's see. In the United States, in October 2011, three teenagers, two sisters and a friend, were killed by a train while posing for a selfie, which is just visible in the final picture they posted to Facebook, along with the caption, "Standing right by a train." Ah ha ha! This is awesome. I bet you 30 seconds later, it wasn't that awesome. Hey, Unless you were watching it happen. Hey, you know what would be cool? Let's go take a picture by a train, because <laughs> trains were things 60 years Josh, ago. while we're reading these, can you play the Benny Hill music in the background? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that's what I want. Okay, um, the next one. December 2013, United Kingdom. Um, oh, this is actually sad. I'm not going to read that one. <laughs> Yeah, that one actually. Yeah, is, she right. committed suicide. I'm not going to joke no, about that. That's not Spain. Yeah. That's not a that's not a selfie related one. She just wanted to let people know. Hey, see ya. Um, okay, Jesus in Spain Christ. in March 2014, a 21-year-old man was electrocuted after climbing to the top of a train to take a selfie with friends and touching a wire that, contrary to the assumptions of the group, turned out to be live. One of the friends was hospitalized in serious condition. All right, here's a United, another United States one. A 32-year-old woman from North Carolina was driving when her vehicle veered across the center median, collided with a recycling truck, left the road, hit a tree, and burst into flames. Moment after posting selfies online when she had when she heard Pharrell Williams' song Happy, the driver was unharmed. No shit, he was in a recycling truck. Oh, good. <laughs> this music yeah, good is... for the driver. All right. Um, in India, May 2014, a 15-year-old boy was killed by a train while posing for a selfie on the tracks. I don't understand why people are so enthralled with trains. Some of these are terrifying, though. This is Italy. Yeah. Us, us dumb guineas. A 16-year-old girl died in Toronto. Uh, How do they yes, pronounce that? I don't Toronto. Know. After plunging 60 feet onto rocks while she was trying to take a photograph of herself in front of the seafront. 
Philippines in July 2014. A 14-year-old high school student in the Philippines fell to her death after losing her balance while taking a selfie with a friend near a staircase. Landing of the school in the suburban shithole country. According to doctors, she sustained a sharp blow to the head from the fall and broke a rib, which pierced the kidney. Oh, dude. Uh, here's another train in India. A 14-year-old boy was electrocuted while attempting to take a selfie on top of a stationary train. Why? Like, stop with the trains! Let, let's dude. find some weird ones. Drowned. Okay. Um, an 18-year-old woman in the Philippines was uh, posing for a group selfie on the beach with friends. She was captured by a strong wave and drowned. I've seen those videos of these asshole stands like on the rocks and a wave comes in. Whoopsie! Dude. Dummy. Like, I, this is so... I mean, to be fair, you take a selfie, you're not really thinking about that. And there's times, like, oh. most of this stuff is harmless. But why the fuck would you climb to the top of a train track? There, there's, and not there's, realize there's live wires out there. There's few there. instances where I feel like I have to selfie this. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not that self-absorbed as most people. Yeah. Like, well, I you have no reason to, to be. To take um, a, I have more reason than most people, you fucking um, jerk off. All right, scroll down a little bit, Josh. I want to find some good ones here. Um, in Indonesia, a 21-year-old man fell into the crater of Mount Merapi while attempting to take a selfie. He fell into a volcano, dude. So, <laughs> I, I give him all the credit in the world for wanting to do that because that's at least, uh, oh, I don't know, different. <laughs> oh, here we go. In Pakistan, a 15-year-old boy in Pakistan was taking selfies with a toy gun when police opened fire on him, killing him. That shouldn't be as funny In America, as that leads to riots. Yeah, that's, Because... Uh... <laughs> Let's um, see. Especially uh, the cops are found not guilty. Let's see. Here's another United States one. A woman in Yellowstone National Park was gored by an American bison while taking a selfie. Now, this shit I could totally... I was in Yellowstone. Yeah. Okay? And we're driving through, well, and, the like, and there's, really there's, there's park rangers going around, because there's a fucking grizzly bear walking on the side, and this it's woman is up. letting her kid get out, and walking... It was like 100 yards away. That, that's but so a grizzly close. bear, you know how fast they can run? Yeah. I was like, I'm going to stay in the Jeep and take some, fi dude, some pictures. That, that is so close. And a grizzly bear, dude, that's a 10 and a half dude, foot, 1100 pound. Well, fuck bear. your day. Uh-huh. Here we go. Shot. United States, September 2015. A 19-year-old from Houston died after trying to take an Instagram selfie while holding a loaded gun to his head. He accidentally fired the gun and shot himself in the throat. What if he was Instagram live? What did you think they like take take the clip out? Yeah, scroll down a little more. Let's see if we can find some other good ones here. I'm trying to look at the cause of death. Other, go go down one more. Yeah, what is what other? Is other? Mean? It says Argentina dolphin. An Argentinian <laughs> crowd uh, seeking selfies was held responsible for the death of. Uh, oh, they killed a dolphin. Whatever. Oh fuck you! Scroll down a little more. <laughs> We're looking for people dead, not animals. Uh, animal. You're a okay. Fan, here we yeah. go. Read that one. Uh, a Chinese businessman at a local wildlife park in the city of I can't read that Providence. Um, was drowned by a walrus <laughs> taking several selfies and videos with the animal. <laughs> a zookeeper was also drowned in the same incident um, after attempting to save the man. So, I am the walrus, cuckoo kachoo. That walrus was like, you want to take a picture of me, let's dog? Let's see. A lot of falls. Um, let's see. Animal. Here we go. Let me I'm get this one. On this. In southern Nepal, Jesus a truck driver Christ. stopped for a wild herd of 21 elephants crossing the road. Yeah, the driver exited his vehicle to take a selfie with the animals. The herd attacked and killed the man. He only it was one elephant. That was a fucking herd. A lot of drowned, a lot of people accidentally shooting themselves, which seems most common in America. Um, I like the other ones. Let me see. Uh, three Pakistani women were killed while taking selfies near a road. They were inside a melt hole or cave at the end of, of the front edge of a receding glacier when the roof collapsed and they were crushed. All right. All Enough right. for the Penny Hill, dude. Shut it <laughs> off. Yeah, you can turn off the music. Oh, my God. I, I, I was honestly surprised. Like, And, you know, in most of these cases, I mean, I see people t post selfies all the time where I'm like, damn. That's, uh, it's, you're on the edge a of a one. cliff. Yeah. A gust of wind just knocks you down, and then you're, like, holding your phone on the way down, like, well, can I get one more as I'm yeah, falling? Right? I would definitely, like, if I'm falling, I wouldn't, like, I'd be like, I'm dead. Let me just Snapchat this quick. Well, Send it to one person so it's on your soul for the rest of your life. That's fine. I don't care. <laughs> but, like, I, I just, the, 
if, is a selfie that important while a, while a moving train is coming at you? No. And what about you? There's everyone should know that it's live wires above a train that are like thirty five thousand volts of electricity. Yeah. How fucking stupid can you be? It doesn't make because people, why put a gun to your head, Josh? Working at a gun range, how often do you see people put the guns to their head for fun? Never. What if they did? What would you do to them? Um, Pull the trigger. No, we they get thrown out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do but you let it, them it, keep the gun? No. No. What if it's theirs? No. Then you got to call the cops. <laughs> it, it, really? If they put it to their no. own head, you have to call the cops? If it's their gun, yeah. Like, all right, if it's some asshole who is trying to be Let's funny, say I was trying there. to be funny right. and they're they're renting something and you're like, oh, yeah, it's really funny. But you, th at that point, you take it away from them and you throw them out. That's if it. Someone who comes in with their own gun and is like, hey, I'm going to put this gun to my head. You don't know. You don't know yeah, what you they're going to do. Yeah, you don't know if they're a psycho they, or whatever. They, they leave. Mm -hmm. That's you true. You know, at that point, you responsibly have to call the police. Yeah, yeah I guess you that's have true. To. How often do people come in that are like fucked up, like drunk or high? High all the time. <laughs> well, high on I what? I can imagine. Oh, everything. Mostly weed. Yeah, mostly weed. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even like, and I'm all for legalization. You shouldn't be at a gun range smoking weed. No, and I, you know, we, we throw them out. You yeah, know, you have to. If you can tell. Like, dude, some people come in fucking reeking. If you, if yeah. you can't tell, then they're probably fine. Yeah. But if you can tell, get them the fuck out. Yeah. You don't need that. Well, yeah, I, it's, there's no there's no point. It doesn't um, make any sense. There were, I, I don't understand why people think it's that funny to go do that and then like, oh, I'm going to smoke a blunt and then the, I'm going to go do that. Why? Um. So. There's this thing going around with other podcasts right now. I'm what in a few it? different Insta uh, Instagram, Twitter groups with other podcasts for promotion. And I feel bad because I like a lot of these people, but they're fucking cornballs. So I got to call them out. I'm not going to say who it is, but they want to do an April Fool's show swap where they would host our show without telling anyone. And we would host their show and be like, ha ha, tee hee hee, we got you. This is actually you watch, I listen. Uh, so, Fuck you. I'm on. not doing that. No, shit. no, no. Okay, listen. I agree that we shouldn't do it, but I, I, I don't hate the idea. No, well, if done correctly, that's one thing. But I'm saying, yeah, that's but, hack radio. That's hack shit, dude. That's like going back to like the 80s when it was every people were trying to be shock jocks just by playing parody songs. Right. I refuse to take part in any of that fucking hacky bullshit. Right. Where mostly, I, I, this is when I'll do it. Okay. I'm gonna go on this person's show. I'm gonna actually say I'm another show. Okay. And I'm just gonna drop racial slurs the whole time. Oh my god. Well, no. Like, if 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 I'm gonna do some hack shit, I'm ramming it into the ground. So if this was one of you people are listening to this, and again, I like you. I think you're good people. Your shows are good for what they are and what you do. We're not the ones that you want for that because Taylor might not do it. But my entire goal in life is to make things awkward, uncomfortable, and maximize the ability for people to be comfortable. Take take it from someone who's known this kid personally. You don't know him personally. He'll yeah, do it too. Yeah, and Josh knows better than anyone that if I have an opportunity to pounce and make things bad, oh, I, I'm it. like a I, I'm like a shark. I smell blood in the water, and I'm just going to attack. Mm. So please keep your April Fools bullshit. Yeah, Buffalo Bill. We'll fuck your show up, that's for sure. So please, don't send me those things. I appreciate you trying to be creative and branch out and network. Don't network with me. I'm not the one. I'm an asshole. I'm a scumbag. I'm a real piece of shit. We did get some good news in the movie world this week. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, you, you were being so nice to yourself. Yeah, of course. Um, there was some good want. movie news that came out yesterday afternoon. Disney finally made a good decision yeah. and rehired James Gunn to direct Guardians of the Galaxy 3. V very happy with this because I felt like him being fired was was the wrong decision from the get-go. Over a joke. It's a joke. Yeah. I, I, I don't it's see... It's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't see anyone else taking the Guardians films like James Gunn and did. And keeping because the soul of the movie in place. Exactly. 
exactly because it's the same cast, the same guy. Is that is that B, is that Brutus? What the fuck? That's Brutus shoot? the Barber and <laughs> Lanny Poffo. But at, at, anyway, I didn't mean. I just caught that. But yeah. anyway, so. I, I, him being fired for for those really shitty jokes on his Twitter, where I, I don't they think were it was justified. Pedo jokes, and well, that, that's that's what I that's what I try to explain to everyone. I go, listen, if the joke was funny, it'd be one thing, but the joke wasn't funny at all, and it was making fun of a really taboo subject. So I, I, I don't. To be fair, those jokes can be funny oh, when absolutely. they're delivered correctly. Jim Norton has an amazing character named Uncle Paul. Yeah, that entire thing is based around being an old pedophile. Right, and it's okay when it's a character, but if you're on your own personal Twitter account, people will take your words and even. They, it's so easy to twist context yep. and these dorks that went after him on the right and to be fair James Gunn went after people on the right um, previously for things oh, for they said well, he, he ate himself well, he ate I, himself alive that's well, what was, these liberals do a lot of the time well, it was it was before he even got big he, he, yeah, he was, was he trying to be like a stand up comedian or something like yeah, that yeah he was or, just trying to be funny yeah, he was exactly. just trying to get out there and, and, and he was and just trying these assholes to say oh pedophile James Gunn show me where he's been arrested for pedophilia not once and if your goal is because he doesn't like Donald Trump then you need to take any words that Trump has ever said they'd be misconstrued yep. out of context yeah. it's the same fucking thing well, I mean, don't call someone a pedophile without charges exactly Tim Apple but <laughs> but I mean, if you talk to any comedian, a lot of comedians will tell you that, listen, they tried to reach on jokes and it's always bombed. All James Gunn did was just bomb a joke. And yeah, that a happens jokes. a lot. And to be fair, his, content, his, his humor was based around that. I will go after any type of joke. I've made plenty of pedophilia jokes. I've made uh, domestic violence jokes. I've made rape jokes. I've made 9-11 jokes. I've made Columbine jokes. I just made a New Zealand joke to open the fucking show, as horrendous as that is. Yeah. To, under, to not understand the difference between a joke and being serious because you don't like someone's political leaning mm -hmm. and to be fair the left started this whole battle okay. and, they, and the right was about to lose Tucker Carlson to the same thing yeah. Tucker Carlson Fox uh, who I'm I'm a fan of not as much anymore but people pulled up old interviews of his when he was on Bubba the Love Sponge another cocksucker Bubba the Love Sponge okay. where he's talking about having sex with a Miss Teen USA or whatever right. making jokes like that he's on a shock jocks radio show so that's what you, what you have to do if you go on a shock jock radio show and you try to be cookie cutter and clean they're gonna devour you they're gonna and rip Bub you apart Bubba the Love Sponge was a hack himself right. but he knew how to draw the ire of people right. and in, in this case they were, the Tucker Carlson is dangerously close to losing his job for the same things that James Gunn lost his job mm -hmm. for well, but, I, I guess I guess my whole thing is you don't have to take it at face value he, should, he shouldn't have been fired okay. from the get go if someone gets uh, accused of sexual assault, mm -hmm. domestic violence, God forbid pedophilia, anything like that, get them the fuck out. Yeah. At least put them on leave until you can investigate it. For sure. The second Disney should have said, we're going to look into these these jokes and see if there's any validity to them. I, I also I also think Disney is such a big company. I, I it's hard for I, me it's hard for me to believe that there wasn't some indication that this is that this is the guy they were getting, but he wasn't that same guy anymore. You know what I'm trying to say? Like how ABC knew that Roseanne yeah. was a polarizing figure, but she did it. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, like they knew who absolutely. they were getting. And I don't think Roseanne should have lost her job either. They should have put it on hiatus maybe until people stopped freaking out. And I, calm down. Getting rid of her was the wrong decision. Absolutely. I agree with you. And it's like, you knew who Roseanne was. You know who Tucker Carlson well, is. I, and you know yeah. he was on Bubba the Love Sponge. No, exactly. So why are you taking the, these people's words and making them into a real thing? I, I think that there, there's, it's just people trying to trying to make themselves feel important by tearing down someone else. Sure, well, people that, have, that's what, it feels that's, like that's to what me. all social media outrage is. Yeah. And, uh, who was? Song. Song? What song? Wrong. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Um. Also, yeah. No. One second. Let's finish this up. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And I. I just people need to stop with this outrage. This was a victory against outrage culture. Absolutely. And I hope there's more. I hope nothing happens to Tucker Carlson. I hope Roseanne gets back on her feet. I mean, she's got enough money. For fucking life. She didn't have but, to. I mean, this is who Roseanne's always been. It's like getting mad when they got mad at Gilbert Gottfried a few years ago after the Japanese tsunami when he he said a joke. He made a joke about it and he got fired from Affleck. Gilbert Gottfried is one of the most vile comedians. Ever. Yeah, no, and really. The, the joke he made was, uh, my, my Japanese girlfriend broke up with me, but it's okay. Another one will be floating by soon. That's, that's funny. That's not even that bad of a joke. That's it's funny. really not. All right, let's play this song for my brother. Yeah, I want to hear what this fucking song's all about. Yeah, this is, uh, thank you. Dicks and balls. Primus. Dicks and balls. Yeah, dude. Dicks and balls. Salami. <laughs> Baloney. Dicks and balls. <laughs> Dicks and balls. Here. Dicks and balls. We did some wild shit. Bury me face down. Uh, now unzip. <laughs> Bury me face down. I love Patrick Swayze. I like Patrick <laughs> Swayze too. Dicks and balls. Dicks and balls. Dicks and balls. Just put a hot dog in my mouth. <laughs> For a good time, call Dan Perosi. Eat my ass. A hot dog? A hot dog? This is a big one. A hot dog? A hot dog? Just put a hot dog in my mouth. Dicks and balls. Oh Dicks God. and balls. Dicks and balls. Salami. Baloney. Oh, shit. Yo, the I Love Patrick Swayze part. Not Yo, expecting thank that. you, Rob. That shit, that was awesome, I was dude. crying at. That was really funny. Yeah, dude. Very fucking stupid. Um, I got an update this week from uh, one a subject we've talked about quite a bit on there. I've told some stories. Uh, and, Josh, I sent it to you. I got an update from Howard Michael Kelly. How, how's, how's that going? Uh, let me find the... <laughs> yeah, it's going. <laughs> let me find the conversation. So, he com he wrote on my wall, and I want to do him a favor. He's got to do is go buy my cheap bottle of Thunderbird. <laughs> All right, stop And it. try to dig back some that courage he had in his pride. <laughs> so, Stone Cold um, is great, dude. So, he left his subject. He wanted us to talk about the Terminator movies, which I'm fine with talking about and his ideas on them. I don't know what that so, is. I was like... organism. <laughs> Too good. And when we talk about Terminator, I need you to play the theme in the back. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I said, we'll talk about it this week. And this isn't a Facebook comment, not like a private message. Okay. He goes, nice. Just thought I'd say hi. And I go, you asshole. You can say hi anytime. You know you can message me whenever and you have my number. And this is what he says next. This is Howard Michael Kelly. I've been reading a lot of propaganda about the Jewish world domination going a bit crazy. Okay. Oh, Kevin oh, Knight. Kevin Knight. I will get to that in a second. Go ahead. Kevin, thank you for calling in. Do you watch I Listen? This is Dan and Taylor. I can't hear you, Kevin. Yeah, Josh, do you have the volume up? Let me see. One second. One, can you hear us? Oh, we can't hear you. I can't What'd hear you do, you Josh? Uh, I don't know. One second. Hold on. It's looking the same way, you know. All right. Now we got it. Now we got it. That is, let me turn down my volume on here, and then we'll chat. So, Kevin. So where are you guys, where in, you guys are in Jersey, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're in Jersey. We're in a West Melford. We're in West Melford. We're in West Melford. Oh, not too far. Yeah, we're about to, yeah. Are I, you guys going to come down to the show? Uh, on April 14th, yeah, we're planning on it. The week after WrestleMania, or 13th. Week after WrestleMania. 13, yeah. yeah. Josh, pull up this stuff. Set up a table and everything for you guys. Oh, that'd be awesome, okay. man. We're because uh, you know what? I went to the show last year. Uh, I got invited by uh, Daniel Bobo Curlin, who I know you're tight I with. 
I will see Bobo on Tuesday on Eastside Dave show. Nice. And yeah, you, I, cool. I love hearing you on Eastside Dave. Um, I'll tell you. So me and uh, my uh, my co-host, my old co-host, Ralph, were invited by Bobo. And I didn't know okay. what to expect going in. I mean, I'm a huge wrestling fan, but I didn't really know what to expect entirely. And I had as much fun at that show as I did any like WWE show. Ever. Excellent. It was, Thank you. We were so into it. We were we were one of the few people booing Eastside Dave when he came out. <laughs> we had an absolute or cheering Eastside Dave. We had an absolute blast. Uh, you had a great match. We became huge fans of Dark Oracle Sage. Um, big big fan. Uh, it's ju- just about all the same guys from last year. I'll be back this year, and then we have uh, four legends this year. So it'll be yeah. It'll be fun. So yeah. you got Tito Santana, Josh. Pull up the other uh, one. Oh, this is it. Uh, so you have Tito Santana, uh, Brian Blair of the Killer Bees, Gilberg. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh a it's a killer show, man, and That's you guys awesome. do a great job getting the crowd invested. Uh, it's a great family event, and you know we went as just two you know twenty nine year olds, and we had as much fun as we did any major event. So so one um, I was reading over your biography a little bit, and there's one thing that I noticed that um, I didn't know because I actually know this guy that you worked with uh, Kevin Burkhart. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's funny because uh, I met Kevin. Uh, I was doing some sports journalism stuff, and I met him at a couple different things. And he was just a complete gentleman. And um, this is a, like a personal story, but after he had heard my father passed away. And around that time, he reached out to me, and he sent me tickets to go to a Mets game and get on the field before the game with my mom and sister and everything because my dad was a huge Mets fan. Kevin's like one of the most genuinely nice people I've ever met in my life. He's great yeah he's uh from right next door in bloomfield yep. new jersey i'm here in nutley we are <clears throat> graduated from high school the same year <clears throat> but we didn't um meet each other until college i was doing play-by-play on william patterson radio okay he was doing play-by-play on william patterson tv and it was my junior year I then started to do the TV game, so they had slid him over to be the color commentator. I was the play-by-play guy, and that was how we met. So and we did that for three years at William Patterson. It's crazy to see, because I, I thought it was so cool just when he went from SNY, and now he's one of the top NFL commentators. He's like the number two team, the Aikman and Buck, which is crazy. That is really to, cool. To, I mean, being a huge Mets fan and you know, having known him and then seeing him there on national television every week, it, it's really cool. So why don't you tell us about the event coming up on April 13th a little bit? Well, April 13th, Saturday night, about four weeks away, 22nd annual IWF Loud and Proud here at the Nutley Recreation Center right outside of New York City, so it's easily accessible. Very easy to find. Uh, The IWF started 21 years ago this week. So this is our 21st birthday. And each spring for our anniversary event and spring spectacular, we host a different fundraiser. And over the years, the, the charities have varied from charities inside the Nutley community whether it was the special needs sports programs, the Nutley Police Department, the Nutley Fire Department. We've done St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital, Tomorrow's Children's Fund. Uh, then for a few years, we traveled around the state of New Jersey and held our anniversary show in different towns. We were in Middletown High School, 
we've done them at Verona High School, West Orange High School, Tab Ramos Sports Center in Aberdeen. You're all over so the now, place. Yeah, so the past eight years, we've had our anniversary show at the Nutley Recreation Center, back where it all started for the IWF 21 years ago. And for the past eight years, we donate all the proceeds to American Cancer Society's Relay for Life of Nutley. And this is the eighth year we're raising funds for American Cancer Society. To date, IWF has donated over $30,000 to Relay for Life. That's awesome. And we're doing we're doing it again April 13th, so we have four WWE legends. I mean, actually, if we count you guys and Eastside Dave, that's seven legends. Yes, that's yeah. absolutely right. And I've been a, I've been a legend legends. in my own mind for a long time, so I appreciate hearing it from someone else. Um, so how long have you been doing uh, professional wrestling? Too long. Too long. <laughs> my first match was... 23 years ago, it was uh, May 1996, crazy fact, at that live event, now that was also in Nutley, Okay. that was a fundraiser at the Nutley Baseball, uh, for uh, Nutley Baseball League, so it was May 1996, we were doing the event in conjunction with a small radio station in New Jersey, so... Uh, in Pompton Lakes. While I was still while I was still in college at William Patterson doing the the play by play of William Patterson games on radio and then TV with Kevin Burkhart, I started working at a small professional radio station, fifteen hundred WGHT, and that's in Pompton uh, Lakes, New Jersey, which is it, our next. They, they, they just uh, packed up shop after like sixty years. That's where that's where my co-host is from, Pompton Lakes. That's my hometown, dude. Yeah. Oh, no yeah. That, it killed me when they uh, when they signed off for good, but I started working there while in college at WGHC. So I was a sports director. So after I became sports director, I was the morning show sports guy, sidekick, comedy guy. The first person I hired to work in the sports department was Kevin Burke. That's crazy, so he man. Was to me, I hired Kevin Burke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. Job in the media, <laughs> and look at him now. That's awesome. So, when local wrestling shows would come to town, they would give the radio station tickets to give away, and have the local radio yeah. guys come down, just like you guys are coming down. Eastside Dave will be there. Bert Barron from uh, WCTC Radio. Dave Lagreca from Busted. Yep, I love Dave Lagreca. So, the the local wrestling shows would give us tickets to give away. Me being the radio sports guy, I'd go to the events, get in the ring before the show, hype up the audience on the microphone, throw out t-shirts and yeah. goodies to the crowd. So this was two months before my debut. I met a wrestler by the name of Rick Ratchet. He's a uh, local Northeast wrestling star from, from back in the day. Okay. And he okay. came to me and said, wow, you're pretty good at this, you know, because they had me as the ring announcer for the night. He's like, did you ever think about doing this? I said, well, I love to be a ring announcer. I, you know, going to college for radio and TV, and I'm working in radio right now. And he said, you're too tall to be a ring announcer. You should be a wrestler. Yeah, you're a big guy, so, Kevin. <laughs> that was 23 years ago. So now two months later, the radio station, WGHT, is sponsoring a wrestling fundraiser we're doing in Nutley outside at a ballpark to raise money for the Nutley baseball program. So I was, you know, the, the, the radio sports guy, similar to what Eastside Dave does. Yeah. When he, he 
steps in the ring and wrestles. Yeah. <laughs> Rick Ratchet. That was my match. I barely had any training. And the ring announcer for that event was Kevin Burkhardt. <laughs> wow. Let's go. That's that's crazy. And you've been trained by some of the, the biggest names in wrestling. Like, who, who were your trainers when you were first really finding your way in this industry? Well, Rick Ratchet was the uh, first man that trained me uh, starting 23 years ago. So I learned under him for a couple years. But basically, back then, uh, it was kind of the tail end of the territories. Yeah. And there was, there was still an NWA group in New Jersey. Okay. And they did two, sometimes three events every weekend. Yeah. So I got to wrestle, you know, every Friday night, every Saturday night, sometimes twice Saturday afternoon show, evening show, sometimes Sunday afternoons. The weekends we were off, you know, I would do IWF events and use some of the NWA guys sure. on the, those shows. So a lot of my training was on the fly in the ring because you got to wrestle in front of a crowd three Absolutely. days a week. So then after that, there really were no good or credible or legitimate places to train at that were, you know, clean and a safe yeah. ring and people knew what they were doing. So people that I wouldn't rip you IWF off. Wrestling yeah, yeah. School. yeah. Uh, IWF wrestling school was opened in December, 1999. Not so I could teach more so I could learn. Yeah. And day one, we hired the WWE legends to come in and teach so then the, the other people then that i learned from that we all learned from at iwf dr tom pritchard yep. tito santana honky tonk man new hall Bushwhack, of famer ricky the dragon steamboat uh, uh john branch layfield later on we had uh rip rogers wow we've had uh some of our graduates that went into the wwe came back to do special classes for us. So Darren Young yep. and Sean Bennett, who's a referee now on WWE Raw. So uh, always, always learning. So, that, that's got to be cool when you see one of your guys that you mentored and trained get to the, the highest level of the industry. It's got to be, like, really so, special for you. Yeah, we've had, I mean, I think it's 50, 52 guys and girls who have either done a tryout with WWE or have been hired to work as an extra at a TV taping or yep. have gone down to either Deep South Wrestling or FCW in Tampa or now NXT in Orlando or work in TV commercials or different skits for WWE. So I think it's now 52 guys and girls have you know gotten a paycheck from WWE or, or work for them for a night or a weekend. Is, or that, a is, that, in, is that including yourself? Because I know you've done some work on WWE yeah. TV. And uh, you were actually a druid in probably my favorite Undertaker WrestleMania entrance ever when he came back as the dead man at WrestleMania 20 at the Garden. Now, were you guys at that event? Uh, no, no, I, no, unfortunately I was not. I remember where I was watching it, but my first okay. WrestleMania experience was when they were at MetLife uh, a few years back at WrestleMania 29, right. and then we went down to, for our engineer Josh, we took him to his bachelor party at WrestleMania in Dallas, and obviously we're going this year. So, All right, so if you if you go back, or if anybody watching was at WrestleMania 20 at Madison Square Garden, when the Druids came out for The Undertaker, uh, trivia question, some of the Druids were uh, Romeo Roselli from The Heartthrobs. Yeah. It was myself, Darren Young. Okay. Who was training at IWF at the time. Fifth Element, Roman Zachary who's uh, also in the IWF Hall yep. of Fame with Darren Young. 
and myself were amongst the eight Druids. I can't remember the other guys, but some of them were from Chaotic Wrestling School in Massachusetts. Well, it, it's funny. We, so, someone actually asked me the other night during Raw, like, where do they get? Where does WWE get the guys that play the security guards and the cops? And I said to him, well, it's usually like local indie wrestlers. Yeah, and then later that night on Raw, Triple H actually made a reference to it to Batista about, like, you got your little indie local force. I'm like, they actually referenced that on TV the same night my friend asked him. So it's it's got to be a cool opportunity. From um, office school in Pennsylvania at the time. Okay, that's uh that's Wild training center. Are you going to WrestleMania this year? No, um, believe it or not, I'm I'm not a wrestling fan anymore. <laughs> anymore. I, I you know people people ask me that all the time, and it you know it it sounds crazy, but I I wrestled full-time wrestling was my full-time living while we were you know doing iwf wrestling school so i wrestled full-time for 18 years wow it's just like the last thing i wanted to do when you know we had like a full day of training or a full night of training and live events is and then put it on the tv the last thing i wanted to do was go home and watch more wrestling so i <laughs> yeah. haven't watched regularly since like 2006 that makes sense and the last time I actually watched a show was the night that Bret Hart returned. Oh, the so the, the big like return. Two thousand ten when he was on against Shawn Michaels. Yeah, that, wow, that was that. I guess I mean I'm sure you pick up on the things that end up going viral from the big companies. Uh, the big one recently was that Ronda Rousey um, promo where she talked about it being fake, and it got a lot of people very riled up that and uh my, my opinion was like oh this is paul Heyman giving her the words because it was meant to get more heat on her i i don't know if i'm crazy but what were your thoughts on her using the the dreaded f word it's uh, it's all a show i mean Thank nothing you. that they do is going to be uh the, the talent just you know going in it for themselves. themselves and going rogue and coming up with these promos it's all planned it's all scripted i think that they're just trying to get some people talking as WrestleMania approaches three weeks from this weekend yep. at MetLife Stadium. And I, I don't know, are they trying to make her like the female Stone Cold? Uh, no, that's actually the, the the woman that's one of the women she's going against. Becky, the wrestling, Becky Lynch is the one that they're kind of doing the, because Ronda has been booked as a, you know, good guy throughout. And then they okay. suddenly they suddenly turned it around, and now she's saying, to hell with the fans, to hell with the WWE universe. I can kill all these women if I want to, which we all know is true. Yep. If she wanted to, because she, she's an actual fighter. And so that's the first time they reference that. And now that they're going to more of this backstage social media. They're actually trying to have the wrestlers engage in their feuds on social media, which is the smartest thing they could do right now with the way all the fans are connected. Um, yeah. And but a lot of people are like they're they're upset by it, but a lot of them didn't like Ronda coming into the sport in itself because they thought she was getting pushed right away, that she wasn't good enough. Like she she's an Olympic athlete. <laughs> like I'm sure. Yeah, she paid her dues. Yeah, she she paid she busted her ass in uh the in, in MMA. She became the biggest draw next to Brock Lesnar and Conor McGregor the sports ever seen. And of course she's going to bring more eyeballs. And as far as I'm concerned. Unless you're doing something illegal, any kind of chatter you can get, good or bad, is good for what you're ever trying, whatever you're trying to promote. It's supposed to look like a prize fight, and the more people that are invested, whether good or bad, people like like or hate Conor McGregor. There's no one that's indifferent. Yep. If you can like or hate someone, that's good. The last thing you want is nothing, and I'm sure you've learned that doing this for 23 years. That the worst thing you could have is silence from a crowd. Yep. Yeah, I have had no reaction at all. Indifference isn't good. They yeah. they have to love you or hate you, and it seems like if 
people hate you, that even works out better because it gets more people talking. So uh, as long as they're saying your name, it doesn't matter. There's no such thing as bad publicity. Exactly, yeah, unless it's for a crime. Nah. But I mean, my... But yeah, exactly. We were just talking about that nah, before. I hear you now, Kevin. I wanted to ask. Um, I, I'm the co-host over here. I know I've been a little quiet, but you know, hey, Kyle, how are you? Good, good, good. <laughs> Listen, um, since you've been wrestling for so long, is there is there a particular match that stands out in your mind as like your personal favorite, or one that was like just a special match? Are you asking about him personally yes, that he's him. been in? Yeah, okay. yeah, that like because he's been wrestling for so long, you know, that you well, had so a, many matches. Opponent, opponent that you had the best chemistry with, exactly. something like that. Yeah. I guess the the most special moment, I was lucky enough to wrestle at Madison Square Garden in June 2003. They did a back-to-back television taping at Madison Square Garden. So June 2003, Monday night was WWE Raw at the Garden, and Fifth Element Roman Zachary wrestled against Val Venus on Monday night. Roman Zachary was the first ever student at IWF Wrestling School, six-time heavyweight champion, IWF Hall of Famer. So he wrestled on Monday night, and I was there Monday. They didn't have anything for me to do on the show, but we got to work out in the ring uh, and get coached by their agents and producers. Then on Tuesday night, was SmackDown at the Garden. Roman wrestled against... <clears throat> this was before he was Damian Sandow. I think his name was Aaron Idol or Aaron Stevens. Yeah, something. I was something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the opening match, and then a match later on on SmackDown was me against A Train. Okay. Yeah, and oh, he's wow. he's the head trainer at NXT now. Yeah, Matt Bloom. Yep. So that was June, June 2003 at Madison Square Garden, which was really cool. Uh, so Roman wrestled on that show also, as did I later on. So that was probably the most special moment. Favorite opponent opponent would also probably be Fifth Element, Roman Zachary. Uh, great athlete, former football player. Uh, he knows some martial arts. He knows some amateur wrestling. Uh, he's wrestled against everybody that there is to wrestle, many different superstars and legends. So anytime stepping in the ring with him, uh, is a great challenge, and he'll also be there April 13th in Nutley. He takes on Hall of Famer Tito Santana. Awesome, on man. April wow. 13th in Who? They've never wrestled before. Roman's wow. wrestled just about every Hall of Famer and legend and every independent superstar up and down the Northeast since the year 1999, and he's still in phenomenal shape, and, and he's against Tito Santana. So Who, who's your, who's, who's going to be your opponent? Yeah, I'm taking on first-class Justin Adams, it's a rematch from last year's event. I remember. I that was a that kid. That kid's impressive. He's uh, quite the athlete. He's he's very good. And last year he challenged me to a a wrestling match. And as you saw, I beat him fair and square in a yep. wrestling match. So now this year he wants to have a fight. Okay. He thinks he could beat me in a fight because he says I cheated last year, which I did not. You guys were there. I, so. I, I saw it. I did not see anything of the sort. It sounds like he's trying to resort to some dirty tactics here. Well, because he's from Staten Island. Uh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that, that usually that's usually how they behave there. Um, so... <laughs> yeah, they, it is how they behave. So we're, we're going to show him how they behave in Jersey. Yes, April right. 13th in a no disqualification match. Out, that, that is awesome. So um, so I got to ask you, do you like working as the, the good guy, the bad guy? It's it's really just uh, your personality and, and the audience decides whether yep. they like I agree or completely. Not. Uh, 
you, you should never change your personality or your character to to get the audience to react one way or another whether it's wrestling entertainment you're in a band it, you're a it's, solo it's got to be organic it's got to be organic i feel like and i think that's be- that's when wrestling's at its best when yeah. the characters yeah. can blend their personality into the sure. character they're playing and i can if, if you look at Marilyn Manson on stage or Alice Cooper on stage. Uh, they're villains. Absolutely. Alice Cooper is chopping people's heads off. Rob he's Zombie. Strangling women with pantyhose. You know, he, he, he's stabbing babies uh, with a sword. Re- real, ba- real babies? And the audience loves it. Does he take the baby from one of the audience members or is it like a doll? Now that would be a news story. <laughs> <laughs> oh That's man! Crazy. So it, I, um, it, it is it, it is a doll, but still the visual of him taking his uh, sword during billion dollar babies and, and stabbing and the, the plastic baby is quite a visual. You're but compl- people love it. You're completely right that, and especially today with social media, so much of it is promotion. And as long as you're not just blatantly saying horribly offensive things just for shock and sure. awe. You should be trying to draw reaction from people. You should. Like, I, I try to do that with things like movies. Like I was kind of ragging on Captain Marvel because people loved it so much because I knew it would draw a reaction. And the more reaction you get, the more listeners you get. So it's. Uh, I always tell people, yeah, real life is professional wrestling, and professional wrestling is real life. There's good guys, there's bad guys, there's heel turns, there's everything. It's just a matter of how you make it and what you do for yourself. Absolutely. Um, so August thirteenth at the uh, at, what is it? Uh, Nutley. Um, uh, name the what's the venue? again yeah uh, april 13th april what did i say march, august. March. august why am i saying august i mean I if you know. want to do one in august too i'll wrestle I'll and you can throw me i say I, i'm actually going to look at an apartment today in nutley so there, that'll actually be you're gonna sweet. have a new yeah. neighbor taylor he's moving to nutley cool. yeah i was gonna say the other thing too is um you know it, there's always a running joke is like why aren't we professional wrestlers and no it's not a joke usually we get a little inebriated and then yeah. i ask why we're not wrestlers and then right. i realize i'm only 200 well, pounds and my knee is torn up well it, it was actually it was actually a secret because i don't want people to know but i was actually looking up like pro wrestling schools i was actually thinking about doing it and honestly the number one because i'm in the area was was uh, was your school you know what i mean so so you have a bunch uh, i I just love the notoriety that you have and the the, how you brought it around this area because thank you so Uh, yeah times times have changed where um our our final i mean you you could kind of see the trend um developing as the years went on but more so in, in the last year or two that I that I did the wrestling training full time is that people got lazy you yeah. know prof- and nobody has attention span for professional right. wrestling or anything you want to do whether you want to play guitar or be a professional wrestler or a stand up com- comic it requires some sort of effort every day it's a grind wrestling whether it's going to the gym four or five days a week doing cardio three or four days a week being inside a wrestling ring at a wrestling school for wrestling practice three to four days a week eating right every meal six small meals a day uh making sure your hair looks good going uh, for a tan the baby oil baby oil your wardrobe it takes a lot of commitment yep. and, and people are lazy everybody wants instant success or achievement or recognition and since professional wrestling is something that takes five to ten years to master, if you even master it after five or ten years, and that's doing it like four, five, six, sometimes seven days a week, five to ten years, 
you know, that 100,000 hour rule that it takes 100,000 hours to master any task. Yeah. People just weren't committed anymore. And it wasn't something that I wanted to do half-assed yeah you're right you, you know, go all in or you fold well, that, see, that's it well it's because it, beca- yeah, it becomes yeah. a waste of your time and your resources when you could you know what i mean so i, I definitely understand that and you're I, gonna do it do it 100 percent. and i need to be motivated too i mean i still you know I, I i never really looked at myself as as the instructor at the wrestling school you know i was still a student too i'd still be in the ring i'd still be practicing i still went to the gym you know five days a week still ate right so i did everything that i was asking the students to do but you know you're you're only surrounded by like four three or four guys that are all in they really get it and then you have like 20 people that are just there to hang out and talk about what happened on raw the night before they're not focused on you know what they should be doing to improve during their practices and during their live event performances and i need to be motivated i was just surrounded by people that were just you know lazy out of shape you knew that they stopped at Taco Bell before they came to class, or when when class is over, they they hit the drive through at Wendy's. And that, that's why that's why I couldn't be a wrestler because I'd want Taco Bell, but I feel like I'd be a great Bobby Heenan yeah. type. I'm a I'm I'm a villain through and through. That's what I like doing. I'm a I'm a, I'm a great. Yeah, you have to commit to achieve anything. So same thing. If you want to be a guitar player, you have to practice five, six, seven absolutely. days a week. Your fingers are bleeding from the guitar strings. You have to study yeah. great guitarists from the past. You have to play in front of live audiences. Handouts uh, don't handouts don't exist in this world unless you're from a, yeah. a, a place of influence. And even then, it might blow up in your face, as Lori Lachlan just found out. Yeah. Um, it's funny because. <laughs> See that even now you cannot buy your way to the top. Exactly, and it's funny. April thirteenth, we have WrestleMania six streaming in the back, and Tito Santana's on his way to the ring. So there's a little symmetry right there. I was gonna. He wrestled the Barbarian? Yes, the Barbarian came out first, uh, part of the Heenan family. Um, I'm a a huge fan of old school wrestling. So even though I do not watch and haven't watched too much current wrestling in the past 10, 15 years, the old stuff back when... Pro wrestling used to be pro wrestling. I can't get enough of the old stuff on so, YouTube. So that was going to give me leave me my next question. Uh, do you have a wrestler that is your biggest influence or your favorite from those days? Wow. How do, I mean, how do you pick one? Uh, uh, Barry Windham. Yeah, great choice. Okay. Barry Windham. Ric Flair. Roddy uh, Piper. They just had Roddy Piper out here in half blackface for the match with uh, Beth. <laughs> That, the things they used to get away with, but I mean, what were they thinking? No, they weren't. <laughs> Vince wasn't weren't. thinking. I often wonder what Vince is thinking still. Um, so, I, don't know. I mean, I don't know. He, is he? Have you? I mean, you've worked with him, obviously. Uh, what, what was your impression of Vince when you met him? All the all the times that we got to work with the WWE, everybody there, just about everybody there, including him, you know, was always very nice, respectful. They'd say hi to us. We'd say hi to them. Introduce ourselves. They were all all really cool. It's just that you know, over the past whatever 30, 35 years, they do some mind boggling and, and head scratching things, like having you know Roddy Piper in blackface and May Young giving birth to a hand. You know, I was, swear to God, I was just uh, that went through my mind. <laughs> there, there's and you know what's crazy? There's a ton that we're forgetting that you get. There was a necrophilia angle with oh, Triple Jesus H. Christ, yeah. uh, Vince wanted to do an incest angle with Stephanie, which oh. that is uh, even for me. I'm, I'm okay. Uh, listen, I'll dabble in almost any type of humor, entertainment, and even I was like, ooh, 
That's a little <laughs> rough, dude. Yeah, yeah I mean, th- that's neither humor nor entertainment. No, and it just it, it, it you know you hate to say it, but it kind of reflects on the person in charge, the boss. If like he's allowing that stuff to go on. Oh, he's on, a maniac. It's like what really goes through his mind on a daily basis, and it. It stinks, too, because they sometimes do some really classy things, like their Hall of Fame ceremony. Yeah, I, I love, the, ho- I love the Hall of Fame weekend. It's one of my – we went to um, see St- – when we were in Texas, we saw yeah. Sting get inducted. And, and that, uh, that, uh, that, that was when Sting uh, retired Yeah, spot. and like yeah. for me, like seeing Stan Hansen get inducted by Vader, oh, like Stan yeah. Hansen to me is one of the all-time tough guys or, in wrestling. Or, or, or sitting there and listening to uh, the Freebirds get inducted. Oh, my Listen God. to P.S. Michael Hayes tell Michael the most Hayes ridiculous sing- stories about Gordy getting shot out of the and bar. I think a lot of it has to do with the people Vince surrounds himself with a lot of the times that, you know, people don't tell him no. And one thing that does seem cool is that he's bringing back a lot of more influential, like Jeff Jarrett is now one of the most influential people on the creative team. He brought back Bruce Pritchard, which I think is a great idea because Bruce has his pulse on the fans so incredibly well. And now it seems like the product is getting to a point where they're highlighting the athletes more so, which is what it should be because the athleticism now, these guys, it's a lot of spot fest, a lot of flipping stuff but if the crowd is into it what works i mean the most technical guy i see is daniel bryan still on the mat he's second to none but uh, i hope that vince is starting to realize that the fans want something other than scripted promos they want to see realism they want to see these guys really being themselves in there and hopefully the people around him can start making pushing him that way yeah it it should be presented as an athletic competition because you have athletes in the ring and the the moral of the story as to why they're in the ring is to have one guy or one girl beat the other and hold their shoulders down for a three count or get or get a submission or uh tap out so well they're gonna have some major competition coming up with aew which i think is uh really exciting are they really i think um i think i don't you know i don't want to say see every and again, I follow. I just follow what I see on like social media. But sure. if you right now, if you went to the mall and you went in the food court and shouted out AEW, no one in that food court would have any idea what you're talking. You might have a couple no. people wearing Young Buck shirts, and that's about it. Right. Um, I, I, maybe competition is not the right word because I think the biggest mistake Cody Rhodes and company could make is trying to go head to head with WWE within the first two years. Well, they I mean, should make their own product that stands out. It sounds like they're going to get a major TV deal, which can obviously go a long way, as long as you don't get pressured in by trying to top WWE. Well, I mean, we all saw what happened with WCW. That goes without saying. But they you know were beating I mean? them for a while until they, they got scared and tried doing these wild things and just paid for names. Right. And then well, brought in Vince he, Russo for Judy he, Bagwell he, on a forklift. You know what I mean? Like, Wasn't TNA supposed to be the great competition for the well, WWE? Yep. Yeah, and, and, and TNA, again, for a while was really good stuff. You the, had you had. Prime AJ Styles, Prime Samoa Joe. Global Force Wrestling. Well, that's I agree completely. I think the biggest difference for AEW is they have a guy that backing it financially that has double the money that Vince McMahon has. He's worth seven and a half billion dollars. He owns the Jaguars. Same people that are going to watch AEW are the same people that watch WWE. One hundred percent. I agree. There's no. There is like I don't care what anybody says. There are no. There is no mainstream popularity for professional wrestling. Yeah. None. It, it's None. it's happened it's, it's happened random but times throughout our culture right, from right now right now are the least amount of people 
watching wrestling on television and the least amount of people in history attending live wrestling. Absolutely true. Wrestling is popular on Twitter. Yeah. That's it. That's where it ends. And I think one of the things... Outside of Twitter. So the same people that are going to WrestleMania on, what is it, Sunday, April 7th? Yes. Those same people at WrestleMania are going to be the same people that were at Madison Square Garden the night before for the Ring of Honor show. Yep. Yep. No, you're you're 100% right. That were at NXT on Friday night, and they're the same people that are going to Las Vegas for AEW. It's the same core group of people. So wrestling needs to... Wrestling has lost millions of fans like myself that no longer watch like you couldn't pay me to sit down and watch current wrestling yeah it's just not for you I, I, I do not want to watch gymnastics if i did i'd put on you know espn girls college gymnastics on sunday morning 6 a.m on espnu to me that's what wrestling is men want to watch men fight I do not want to watch children do gymnastics. Acrobats, yeah. I, you know, there, there's some guys that they do amazing stuff, but when it is the entire match, when they're just doing flips the whole time, that does nothing for me either. Well, it's when you when, when you turn a, a super kick, which is supposed to be a devastating finishing maneuver, into just a normal, hey, let's get a good photo op here and a good right. viral video. That does nothing for me. Now, that's not to say that these guys aren't unbelievable athletes, and they could. Cause Cody Rhodes is fantastic, and he doesn't do any of the flippy stuff, but right, he has an old school. Yeah, old school and. Guy. He was born too late. Yeah. He was born like 30 years ago. He would have, you know what I mean? In, Absolutely. In the NWA. And I think one of the things that is working for that will work for AEW is they can't oversaturate their product. They have, have had one show and they they sold out quick. Their second show sold out quick because it's not a monthly thing. If you do it every three four months, the odds of you selling out quick are high because it's not people are going to travel to go see it. If you do it every How month, you justify paying these guys millions of dollars if they do three shows a year. Ex- uh, this this guy has a lot of money. Shad Khan, yeah. That's that that. And, what's, know, that, and what, what's going to happen if he doesn't get a return on his investment? He's exactly. a, in an, NFL, an NFL team is just an instant positive ROI. No, no matter what, no matter how bad the franchise it, is. Yeah, no matter how bad it is. Wrestling, we as you just said, it goes through peaks and valleys. And right now it is not mainstream popular. It seems yeah. like every 10 to 20 years it become, crosses over from the rock and wrestling connection uh, to the Attitude Era. And then after the Attitude Era and the Monday Night Wars, it goes... So it is possible that we could be at a, at a heading to that point again. I mean, and if you go into Hot Topic, half the shirts they have aren't even WWE shirts. It's all from the guys from New Japan Pro and the guys in AEW. So that's kind of cool to see. But it's a matter of, you know, doing three to four shows quick and doing really well is one thing. Doing it for five, 10, 15 years is completely different. Right. Any, any. And again, they may not necessarily go head up with the WWE, but any alternative is good. Like, I'm not saying having an alternative is is bad. But it pushes but, It pushes each other. You have to push each other. Right. Then. Yeah, you have to push each other. And you hope, like, the, the only way for wrestling to get really hot again and cross back over to the mainstream is if somebody's, somebody's got to ignite fire in the WWE because they have the platform. They're on... You know, cable TV. They're, they're going, going to, to Fox. Back on network TV, right? They're yep. going to be back on Fox. They're going to Fox, and Fox is pushing they them to go get edgy they again. Platform for somebody to get noticed, and you you just need you just need a star. Yep, that that's exactly now, it. Now, I, I wanted to ask. 
John Cena was not that star. No, you he, know, John he, was, Cena, he was popular, but he wasn't The Rock or Stone Cold. He was not Hulk Hogan. Who, who, to be fair, who is, but he wasn't that guy, and he was the guy in WWE for 15, sure. 20 years. But he wasn't um, that crossover guy. Correct, I agree. And that's what you need. That's what you need for wrestling. <laughs> Absolutely. Back over into the mainstream. Go now, ahead, now, 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 Kevin, uh, I, I know you say you're not really familiar or you don't really watch uh, the, the the current product, but um, it was a couple of years ago. Uh, Kenny Omega and uh, Okada over in New Japan had argue, uh, what people called was the greatest wrestling yeah, match Dave, of all time. Dave Meltzer gave it his first six star review. Right. If you take what Meltzer says seriously, right? Well, I guess my. I, I, did you watch the match? And if you did, nope. well, it's, I did not, I've I've never seen Kenny Omega wrestle, and the only time he, he's I've something. ever seen anything from New Japan is when I'm watching a concert on Access TV <laughs> and they show, they show a New Japan commercial right? and everything I see in there is dangerous. Yeah, they... Every, every move that they show in that 30 second commercial to promote their next event on Access TV is a move where somebody has the potential to break their neck be paralyzed or kill somebody else. Well, and to me, that's, that's not what it's about. Wrestling. It's, it's not professional well, wrestling. You know, especially now with the knowledge that we have as far as concussions, CTE. head injuries, the WWE taking care of wrestlers, sending them to rehabilitation. No headshots with chairs. Yeah. Right. And then you, you, you put up, you know, to me, picking up somebody and dropping them on their head is not fun athletics even though it is athletic people doing it it's idiotic it's backyard wrestling it's stuff that you used to see on youtube like it's filming an episode of jackass it's like an episode of jackass they're, they're, it's, yeah, it's, it's getting it's like trying to get yourself hurt without actually getting well, hurt i'd say and, and like well, these guys they're all going to be crippled hmm. and it's not going to be long until because they keep upping the ante and doing these stupid. I mean, how, I think it's on a weekly basis on Twitter. You see, it's you know, s- scroll across your feed when you see some idiot at an independent wrestling event jumping off a balcony and misses by ten. Yeah, feet and, and it's on the concrete. It's, her- it's horrific. Yeah, I, I mean, I was going to say too. I mean. I mean, it, it's no secret that like that New Japan is very hard. I mean, I, for me, look no further than AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura over there. Well, they well, the they literally is, beat the shit out of each other. And I agree with Kevin, actually. I never really thought of it that way. Nakamura is half crippled. He can't even walk. Yeah, I was going to say, and if you watch well, that, they the, kicked the shit out of each other. The reason in Japan they do that is, and if you look back to the old Pride FC, they brought over a ton of professional wrestlers in Japan to do MMA. I mean, um, what's his name? Uh, yeah. Alberto Del Rio fought Crow Cop and Crow as, Cop as, as, as Dos Carlos Jr. And they Did we know just pass away? who no Crow Cop had a Crow Cop had a stroke after his fight with Roy Nelson a couple and he had weeks to retire. ago, and he had to retire. Yes. Yeah, okay. and um, it, that's the thing with the Japanese wrestling is they try to mimic like a mixed martial arts fight, a and real fight, yeah. it, that's not a good idea. If you want to fight, go fight because once you get knocked out, the fight's over. You tap out, the fight's over. And this you got to go I for agree. 20, 30 minutes. And I, I agree with you entirely. Yeah. So before we wrap up uh, again, April thirteenth. Uh, I'm sure you're very excited. We're excited too, dude. Can't wait for that. We are. We're actually um, getting ready for a workout session here. Oh, nice. So, um, some of the guys we, we get together and we uh, get on the mats and we wrestle and we amateur wrestle and we do calisthenics and we jog up and down the stairs uh, inside the Parks and Rec building and around Nutley. And you know, this this isn't something that we take lightly. No. You know, we no. we 
don't do events on a monthly basis anymore. We do one or two events a year to benefit charity, but this isn't something where we just like walk out there and say hi. We actually start to prepare. You know, so I've, I actually started to prepare for this uh, five months in advance. So wow, that's awesome. Wow. You know, as soon as we're done with you, we're going to hit the mats and beat each other up. And then, uh, you know, I think I have a double session this weekend. So, you know, two practice uh, yesterday on Saturday, practice today on Sunday when I'm done with you guys. And that's that. So before we wrap up, we're a show that's based in movies and music. So we have the same question for all of our guests. Cool. First off, your favorite Alrighty, yeah. f- favorite album all time. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's never an easy question. Or you could say it your, never your, is. You, 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 you could say your favorite band and your favorite album by that band. Yeah. <laughs> favorite band, uh, I gotta say, Kiss. Okay, Kiss okay. Band, uh, but one uh, A and one B would be Motley Crue and Alice Cooper. So those okay. three are up there. Favorite album, God, uh, <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard. not easy, dude. dude. British Steel, Judas Priest, nice. Kiss, Kiss Destroyer, that, Welcome to My Nightmare, Alice Cooper. Good choices. Uh, and uh, Mot- Motley Crue, um, Girls, Girls, Girls. Great album. Record. How do you pick one? What's I, wrong with you? I, <laughs> <laughs> All right, then the next question you're going to like even more. Your favorite movie? Airplane. Oh, that's <laughs> a great... Not, not Airplane 2, the sequel? Airplane 1. Fan- and- I've got to find it because even William Patterson University has asked me. I have them on VHS somewhere in a Rubbermaid container in storage of Kevin Burkhart and I doing William Patterson games. Okay. And he still does it to this day. In fact, he tweeted me about it maybe maybe six months ago. If you listen to him do a game, I'll say, you know, if they're in a blowout or sure. the game's not close. Right. He will work in airplane references. I don't know if you guys have I've, noticed I've, this. I've heard, because I remember a couple times Keith Hernandez said, was that airplane in the middle of the game? Because Keith doesn't miss yeah. a thing. That started with me and Kevin Burkhart in the mid-90s at William Patterson University. You know, William Patterson would be getting shelled on homecoming against <laughs> Monster State University. And, you know, there'd be some unbelievable play and i would be the play-by-play guy and i would say wow a 98 yard run by montclair state kevin burkhart surely surely that can't be serious and then you know he'd <laughs> i'm go serious on and say, you know, yes it was serious what a great run he went off the left tackle he broke through the whole 98 yard run and please don't call me Shirley. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> did you did, I mean, work these airplane references did, did you ever fit in did, you ever, did he ever ask you if you had stayed in a turkish prison <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, Kevin. We really appreciate some time. Yeah. Gladiators, though. (laughs) Do you like movies about gladiators? Um, you and I will talk. We'll talk Uh, before the event, and we'll see you on April thirteenth, man. We're very excited. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. You got it. Thanks, guys. All right, man. Thanks. Have a good one, Kevin. You too. All right. Let me hang this thing up, and we're good. That was the master of chaos. Kevin Knight for IWF on April 13th in Nutley, New Jersey. You can get your uh, tickets at IWFWrestling.com. I'm um, very excited. We're going to have a table out there. I can't Josh, wait. you might need to bring your Mac to record on that, yeah. okay, which isn't fine. a big deal. We'll yeah. bring up attention cables. I'm super excited for that. The week after WrestleMania, it's going to be a blast. I, I, I very much wanted to ask, like, yo, like, I, can I do a run-in and you just body slam the There's shit out of me? There's a chance because they had people do that when we went last time. Really? So they might... I, I, listen, I, I, I would, I would, I would I, more, dude. I, I, almost, I really would. I almost want to ask him 
if I can be the hype man for his opponent since he's the heel. <laughs> and just me go in there and be like, he cheated last time. You all saw it. Like uh-huh. shit like that. So that was really, really cool. Thank you so much to Kevin. That what really a, was what a cool. great guy. Yeah. Um, the Kevin Burkhart stuff is really cool. I, I just love that, he, that he's, you know, he, he's, he's, a lo- he's a local dude and he supports the scene around he, here. Because you get a lot of people that are from where they're from and they're like, and fuck I this, get, I'm listen, out. I don't necessarily agree with his take on some of the stuff, but I totally get it. Too. Yeah. It's, well, that, that's the, pull, well, well, that's the same thing. I wanted to say it, but I didn't at the same time because, like, I do like the flippy shit. Sure, but you got to understand. But I, has, I get what he's saying. He, he has a completely different perspective on it than you, than you or I well, or any fan does. Well, he, he also, but, I mean, he also lived it too. You yeah, know what absolutely. I mean? So I, I honestly get that. I'm saying like he. he it's more of a realistic point of view. I mean, sure. and it, he articulates it well, as opposed to someone like a Jim Cornette Absolutely. who just goes nuts for yeah. no Absolutely. fucking reason. Yeah, exactly. But, he he makes sense. Um, so changing subjects, I did see Captain Marvel this week. Uh, I did. I, I well, I, kinda, I, I didn't. I didn't go see it. Yet. I kind I of. To. Um, I almost entirely agree with Josh's take on it. It was whatever. It's a bottom tier MCU movie, dude. I was, um, I was supposed to go on Sunday, and Brie Larson showed up in Clifton Commons. I was so. Pissed. I was gonna say. Uh, I thought you had tickets. No, I, I never. I was gonna. Buy tickets and then I just I just went home and fell asleep. So I <laughs> killed myself. Uh, killed the aging doctor faggot. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> um, so it was okay. Like for, I, I I like Brie Larson as an actress, but she does not have the charisma for this type of role. But it could have been the writing and direction too, because it just the, the fact that she didn't have any chemistry with Samuel L. Jackson is startling because it's well, fucking Samuel I, Jackson. My, uh, my I was talking to Tyler last night, Tyler the teacher, and he agrees with you guys very much so it's it's cool but it's not where it should be it's like where people hyped it to be yeah like to me it's above thor the dark world iron man 2 and 3 age of ultron and it's probably below everything else okay. um like i i it's just it was okay it was i'll probably never watch it again the part there were so many parts that tried to be funny and just made me cringe yeah like right. it, it did they're forcing the comedy uh the cat was cool i liked the cat it but it just became a punchline yeah. eventually um it the, the de-aging technology they used was fantastic to make samuel jackson look 20 years younger and um God, what's his name clark uh, greg uh, clark greg to yeah. make them look younger which makes me more excited for the scorsese Fucking flick shark ate me yeah exactly <laughs> um so it, it was okay i mean i'll never watch it again and i honestly don't even know if it was necessary to see infinity war there wasn't anything there that, like, I well, feel like was a significant point besides the end credits. Scene. I mean, like, even though I haven't seen the movie, I think you have to just be, again, like you said, just because of the end credits. But, but, it, that's, but that's all it was it. was her showing up to Captain America in Black Widow. That was it. It was just, oh, I'm here. Where's Fury? That was it. And we knew that was a thing anyway. There was nothing in the movie itself that you needed to see. And who knows? Maybe Infinity in Endgame, there will be something yeah. that is there. I, I mean, it kind of sounds like now that like we officially only have one more movie until Phase Three is officially over. That it, it kind of sounds like that they're tired at this point. That they're that they're trying to finish the story. Well, that's kind of how it ended you know at the I mean? end of Phase One, um, where Iron Man Three was just. <laughs> You know, well, that's like that's like what it feels like because I mean, listen, Black Panther, while being a good movie, while it's the tail end of Phase Three, it just feels like these guys are getting tired of doing the, the well, same the thing. The origin over and over stories again. are tough to pull off. Right. I mean, the best origin story to me to this day is still the first Iron Man. That to me, that that's the original MCU flick, and if not for that being so successful, with a character to that point that had been not even secondary, third tier, yeah. to become the face of the Avengers, that is the way you do an, an origin story. I just watched Iron Man again the other night. I forgot how good it is. Had a good villain that had a purpose the villain in captain marvel kind of stunk yeah. it was kind of lame jude law was terrible charismaless fucking asshole i hate him i hope he dies um but it, it's so end game's coming out yeah and, the, the trailer looks awesome oh, well i like that they're not giving anything away yeah. and now i am subscribing to the theory that 
this is going to be uh, almost like a babyface turn for Thanos. Um, I think that he's. I think that he did this because of Galacticus. Well, so you, you, you kind of got that feel at the end of at the end of Infinity well, War. The, well, first off, think about when they went on Titan. They said the axis is off its point. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Can they really use Galactus yet? Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think I, they can. I think they can because what Galactus the merger's was not in, done yet. Galactus was only in what the second Fantastic Four. Yeah, but he's still a Fox property. I was going to say the property yeah. expires after ten years if you don't use it in domain on film. And it was 2007 that the second Captain, uh, the second Fantastic Four came out with him. So, so it's been 10 years. Yeah. So that property isn't necessarily owned by them. That's why they had to keep rebooting Spider-Man. Yeah. Because the 10 years was going to expire. Spider-Man 3 came out in 2006. Mm-hmm. So they had to try and... That's why Sony made The Amazing Spider-Man. And eventually they gave the property back to Marvel because they got some credit. So I'm about 90% sure they can because it's been over 10 years since they even mentioned that character. Um, which is why you haven't seen Doctor Doom and the X-Men or anything. Uh, and the, the Russos even said that this is going to be almost a hero's journey for Thanos. Why else would it be? You give more depth to the character. And how else are you going to set up the next phase without introducing something at some extent? So I know that this movie is going to be three hours long. You know, we've heard that Correct. already. But there, there are so many things. So if you think about phase four and what's coming. So we know, you know, Kevin Feige's already on record saying that Spider-Man Homecoming, or Spider-Man Far From Home, is the first movie of phase four. Mm-hmm. Um, Which one does that come out? In the, the, uh, the July. July? I okay. don't know the date, but July. It's summer. Okay. Um... Probably so the biggest movie of the summer. If you look at the other Phase 4 heroes, so obviously Captain Marvel is going to play a role in Phase 4. Sure. Uh, Doctor Strange 2 has already been confirmed. Mm-hmm. Yep. It hasn't been confirmed, but you would be insane to think they're not going to make a Black Panther 2. So, so many yeah. things have to happen in this movie. They have to turn around the snap in some way, shape, or form. Which is the quantum realm. That's what the suits they were wearing. Um, and you, you have to imagine that Ant-Man's probably going to be a move-forward character. Yeah. Uh, we know about we movie. know about the Black Widow movie. You'd have to assume that... It, both Tony Stark and Chris Evans' character, Steve Rogers, is probably going to die. That's what I would assume, because if you look at some of the other characters, Chris uh, Chris Hemsworth's on record, wants to do another Thor, had such a good time with Ragnarok, well, and every- Ragnarok was such a turnaround for the franchise, After yeah, the Dark World they need to it. do another. Because the first Thor is good, but mm-hmm. it's, it's fun. It's, it's hokey to an extent. Yeah. The Dark World went... Mm-hmm. And then Ragnarok was basically Guardians of the Galaxy with Thor and Hulk, and it was fucking Valkyrie, and yeah. it was awesome. It was and that's another thing. Tessa great. Thompson has a multi-film contract. And she's with them. a great character. And I hope what's the villain from Ragnarok? I would like to see her. I know she's dead technically, but that doesn't mean anything. Oh, Marvel. Hello? Yeah, she was an awesome villain. Dude. That was like mm-hmm. what finally got me back into the Marvel stuff. Dude, when they bro- is yeah, amazing. she's she's a great actress. So I, I I'm very excited to see what they do with it. And the fact that they're not showing much in the trailers has me even more excited. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta go. We're gonna go see. Pre screening, you're gonna come because you won't be doing uh, on call anymore because yeah, it comes yeah. out what 30 days, like 40 give or, give or take 35 uh, days, yeah. I think, something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. So, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, I'm trying to watch through a bunch of them. I'm gonna skip over a couple, like, I don't need to watch The Incredible Hulk again. No, um, I, the only reason I'd watch it is because Hoyler Gracie has a cameo in the beginning of it. Does he? When you know the scene when he's like meditating in the beginning, Bruce yeah. Banner, and the guy's doing all that crazy stuff with his abs. Oh shit! That that's is. not Hoyler. Sorry, that's Hickson, the greatest yeah. of the no, Gracies. That's I, Hickson I Gracie. I remember seeing that on the um, video. So it, again, Captain Marvel was okay. It was whatever. I'm very excited for us on Friday. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, again, but if someone someone asked me, do I need to see Captain Marvel to see Endgame? I'd say no, honestly. You could find the you could find the post credit screen online, and yeah. that's really all you need. And you don't even need it necessarily because right. all it was it's probably that's probably how the movie's gonna start. Honestly, if the end credit scene of Infinity War was him paging her, and the end credit scene of Captain Marvel was her showing up, that's probably well, what it's going to be. It, it was it, it was kind of like at the end of uh, Thor Ragnarok, where that's he, inv- exactly where Infinity War picked up. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's the same thing. Exactly, you know, which is good. Um, 
I have a new hero this week, and this is a guy that actually turned around for me. Oh. I always hated this guy, but I got to respect because I don't think there's anyone that is consistently an asshole more often and better than the New York Knicks owner, James Dolan. He, he's taken it to a whole nother level, Can you dude. please, in the background, play me some JD and the Straight Shot, his <laughs> band? Play his song for Harvey Weinstein. Dude, I, I, just, I just... I should have known, I think it's called. Yeah. I, I just don't understand, like, what he thinks is unacceptable behavior. Well, he's never he, he's surrounded by yes-men. And if you guys aren't aware, what happened at the Knicks game this past week was a fan went over two sections at the end of the game where Dolan was exiting, and he yelled, sell the team. And right. James Dolan, rather than being, you know, realizing I have a few billion dollars, and, listen, this is some of the worst music ever. So yeah. we'll play this in the back. This is about how he should have known Harvey Weinstein was raping people because Harvey was his friend. What a pretentious douche. So um, he stops and then he goes and says to the friend, how would you like to watch games from home from now on? Yeah, and then he yeah, sends yeah. security up and the guy's banned from doing anything at Madison Square Garden. He can't go to a Billy Joel concert. He can't go to a Rangers game, uh, let alone a Knicks game. And he like then he goes on Michael K earlier this week and I had to listen to the interview because he is such an unapologetic douche yeah, that I have care. to respect it because this is the truth about most sports owners they're billionaires and they could give a fuck about the fans oh yeah the, he doesn't give a fuck he's making money no matter how bad the Knicks are and I have no doubt that he spent tons of money trying to build the winner miserably but uh, <laughs> like he bans the fan. And then he defends his actions completely, rather than just ignore the fan, which is what he should have done from the very beginning. And he doubles down on it. Well, you know, next time maybe I will ignore him. Not maybe next yeah, time. Yeah, maybe next Not time. even definitely. Well, I think, wasn't it just recent, too, that, like, he was performing, he was opening up for some, I, I couldn't remember the band, but he paid money to be an opener for a pretty big band. Yeah, JD in the straight shot. That's right. And there's a guy in the crowd, not a lot of people, and he's holding up a sign that says, sell the team. <laughs> he brings the guy on stage, berates him, and then bans him from the garden. Well, he, He's like notorious for going after the media. He hates the Daily News, and because what he said on the K interview was, "Well, the Daily News um, never says anything good about the Knicks. They have the worst record in the NBA since 2004. Well, well, like, what do you expect? Well, what are they supposed to say that's good? Don't forget uh, the, uh, the stuff Maggie Gray said about him, and, and now, that she, now she's banned. And like, it's, it's incredible. I mean, Frank Isola was like the premier Knicks reporter, and yep. he had a beef with Frank Isola. Even when Frank went to see his dog shit band at a bar, mm -hmm. he was giving Frank shit, like messing with him, sending him drinks that he didn't want. Now, I, I, it's a lot." Because of the fact that he has the money, he could do whatever he, he wants, and do with, with zero uh, like repercussions whatsoever. Because you're 100 right. No matter what's going to happen, the Knicks are going to make millions of dollars for him. People, so it they sell out matter. every game, and it's 200 dollars to get in the building when they're fucking the worst record in the league, 13 and 42 or something. Dude, is their record? Like, like now, like now, just picture like when like when Zion shows up. That's going to they're happen. not going to get Zion. They're going to get Zion. No, dude, the Knicks don't get the first overall pick. It has nothing to do with record. It's a lottery. No, I, I, but they have a 14 percent chance. I'm yeah. saying it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty big chance, <laughs> dude. But in the but, draft. The Knicks should have had the first overall pick like eight different times right. in the last few years, and they never got it. It's going to go to the Cavs because the NBA is it's a rigged system. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it's going to go to the Cavs. They're going to get Zion. Zion. And it then, could end up being the Lakers. They're going to get a lottery well, pick. Listen, I'm telling you what's going to happen. If Zion goes to New York, Zion's the biggest name in New York sports but right now that, next to Aaron I Jones. guarantee you the Knicks are not going to get the first overall pick. On the off chance pick. they don't get Kevin Durant it's or Kyrie. I actually don't think they're going to get either. Really? I think Kyrie can't. I don't, I don't think Durant wants any part of New York, and I would want Kyrie. Kyrie is a fucking mental case and he's always hurt. Well, I was going to say the other thing too because Durant, like Durant is having a hard time met, like for the for a while meshing with the guys in Golden State and they're what, perennial winners. And since when is Durant 
such a player that he could lift corpses to the finals. Right. I know he plays in the West, but he needed to go. He he did a worse move than LeBron did going to the Heat, joining the Warriors, who had already been the talk of the NBA. Yeah. So I don't. I I'm excited to see. I hope the Knicks miss out on everyone. They overpay for like a third tier player, like they did with Amari Stoudemire a few yeah, years ago. Right. Because there's nothing more I love than watching what, Knicks what, fans squirm. What, what did Stoudemire get? Like ninety million. He got some stupid contract yeah. for being, and he had one decent year, and then in the playoffs he punched a fire hydrant and missed the rest of the I, series, I, and then well, bathed in wine. It, it, it goes. It goes to my point that I've been saying for a while now, just how garbage the NBA is. It's it's bad. Yeah. It, it's bad basketball. It's it's bad PR. It's bad all around because look at what's gonna happen. Golden State's gonna go to the finals like they have the last five years in a row, and it depends on who's gonna try to beat them in the East. Is it Toronto? Yeah. Is Brooklyn on the rise? Which is pretty cool, but it still doesn't make a difference because who's gonna compete with Golden no, State with East five has... with five All Stars in their starting I'm, lineup? I'm rooting for the Bucks this season entirely. They are the best team in the um, NBA right now, but that doesn't mean shit when you get into the postseason. Is Giannis that guy? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it, it doesn't make sense to me. I have more faith in Kawhi Leonard than the Toronto Raptors than I do in Giannis and the, and the Milwaukee Bucks. Well, isn't it and, amazing? Jason Kidd gets fired and the Bucks are the best team in the NBA. I mean, look. I, I mean, like... I can't watch James Harden play. I, I James know, Harden is bad. He's, he's the most not over, bad. He's no, not bad. He's the most overrated fucking player, and Kobe Bryant said it perfectly. That style of play is not going to win championships. Homie can't play defense. He travels every time no he steps play, back. No one plays... But he doesn't get cold for it, so he doesn't travel. Yeah. Yeah, but Steph Curry, get, Steph Curry literally did the same thing, and they called it travel, and Steph Curry said that's bullshit. It's it does, just, it, it's I can't, I can't say he's overrated because you don't go on the longest streak of averaging 40 points since fucking Wilt Chamberlain without being pr- a pretty fucking good scorer. Yeah, but Wilt Chamberlain won a bunch of fucking titles. Of course what he did. James of course he did. But you also don't win in the NBA without having other players around you. So there, there's, I mean, Kobe didn't, say whatever, you, use Kobe as your defense. Did he win without Shaq? Yes. Did, what? When? Yes, he did with Pau Gasol. Oh, I was about to say, did he win without another all-star superstar player? Was per- Pau, was, was Pau Gasol compared to Shaquille Pau Gasol's O'Neal? a Hall of Fame player. Two completely He's still players. a top 75 all-time player, Pau I'm not, Gasol. I'm not debating that. Okay. I'm debating uh, the fact that Kobe won without Shaq. Yes. But he did he... But Okay, he needed Paul Gasol. He needed Metal World Peace, who was still a good player. He had Derek Fisher, who's a Hall of Famer. Metal World Peace. Ron Artest. Oh, I forgot he changed his name think, to that. He Jesus. had he had Phil Jackson, the greatest coach in NBA history. Kobe never won anything on his own. He needed other superstars around him. So what? Michael didn't win anything by himself Absolutely. either. Then what's, Which again what's brings that point? Me, the fact because that's why comparing players and calling them overrated is so silly because there's so many you can't compare you should never compare LeBron to Michael Jordan because they're completely different players. I agree. Michael people that want to say Michael Jordan won by himself. No, top fifty all time player in Sc- Scottie Pippen, top ten all time defensive player in Dennis Rodman, one of the great six men shooters in NBA history in Tony Kukoc. He had Fucking Steve Kerr, he had a superstar team around him. Hor- uh, Horace Grant. Yeah, yeah, like so, no one has ever won on their own. Now, I'm not saying James Harden doesn't make it hard to win a championship, but what is around him that is superior? He's the one that was a six player left, and now the Rockets are a fuck or the team. But he's on the Rockets, right? Yeah, yeah. Rockets. The Rockets are a playoff team again. Eric because, Gordon, Chris Paul. Yeah, he had to leave. So I can't call him overrated because the second he left as a six man, he became a better player. Than, I, uh, than a lot of guys are in the league. He's a top five player no, in the NBA right now. I agree, right and, now. and looking back on it years ago, it's hard to believe that Durant, Harden, and Russell Westbrook were all on the same team at one yeah, point. Yeah, exactly, and you couldn't win a championship with that. So that's why and we know Durant is a, a Hall of Fame player, Russell Westbrook is a triple-double machine, and James Harden's a great player. But again, he, their offense is built in the in Mike D'Antoni system. That's the other thing you got to consider with James Harden. Shoot, it's, well, shoot. It, it's the run, run and gun. Every NBA team has completely stolen the style that Mike D'Antoni introduced years ago. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And with, with the yo, that Phoenix Suns team with Amari Stoudemire yeah, running the floor that, and that, Steve that Nash. That entire offensive system was developed by Mike D'Antoni. Yep. So I, I have a hard time. Call, I don't like watching Harden, but knowing what he's done and what he can do, I can't call him overrated either. Because by the same notion, so is Russell Westbrook. Yeah, he puts up triple doubles, but half the time the Thunder is backing up to let him get the rebounds. They're literally moving so he can get a triple double. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest too. Like Russell Westbrook has probably one of the best teammates in the world in Stephen Adams. Absolutely. That fucking guy rules. Yeah. And- but what I'm saying is, is that the, the NBA is again. Listen, games change. We see it with the NFL. We're, sure. we're seeing it in Major League Baseball Absolutely. starting this year. Completely and, different type of league. It happens. You yeah. know what I mean? And again, it's the same thing. Like I like the flippy shit. Kevin doesn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? But. It, it's not basketball. It, it's 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 literally just a three point contest. Well, yeah, because the game NBA used to be built from the inside out, and now it's from the outside in because right. of the three point shot. And the guys are it, better shooters than there's ever been in the NBA. It, it's not even um, Steph Curry's the greatest shooter in NBA history. That's it, that's without a doubt. It, it, it can't be argued. Be debated. It can't be argued. He he broke Ray Allen's three point record in a season by taking. I think it was 200 less shots. Yeah, it's a, which he, is he has the record for mo- um, most consecutive games with at least one three-pointer that was going forever until he finally did, had a game without them. It's just a completely different type of game. So it's a game I don't enjoy watching personally. I, I have a hard time watching. The, I watch the Nets when they're playing well, which is cool to see. And I like the way the Nets play offense. Their defense is pathetic. There is no defense in the NBA anymore. It's um, bad. Did you guys see it was Mitt Romney's birthday this week? Yeah, uh, did you see this, Josh? No. Pull up Mitt, Josh. Mitt Rodney, Romney um, candles. Josh. You gotta see Josh. <laughs> so Mitt, it was Mitt Romney, Senator of Utah, Mitt the, Romney. Yeah, you know, the fact that this guy was at one point um, a presidential yeah, cl- candidate weirds me out. Yeah, click that. Admit, it, we don't even need sound for this. So Mitt Romney is, uh, you know, it's his birthday, and they first off they bring him a cake. How many of his wives do you think showed up to his birthday? I think he only has one. I don't think he commits to the full Mormon like all in because I think if you're actually a Mormon, so look, it's a cake of Twinkies, which I'm down for. Yeah. I, I wish there was actually corn dogs. I was more surprised <laughs> that there was Twinkies. I thought so, it was an actual cake. So watch how this jerk off blows out the candles on his cake. Why? He's pulling each candle out individually. One. And blowing them out in his hand, rather than just do the normal thing people do when they have a birthday cake. And, and just spit all over the cake. Yeah, spit all over the cake. And this asshole, this almost president, almost <laughs> is, close. is pulling out each candle individually. It's Okay, that's something a sociopath does. Yes, like, absolutely. I have no doubt now that Mitt Romney has a few bodies buried in his backyard. And uh, I, I, that is satire. I don't mean that he's killed people. I just mean that he's probably killed people. <laughs> <laughs> like, that I, is some creepy shit. Yeah. <laughs> the most bizarre technique for blowing out birthday candles that I've ever witnessed. Mitt Romney is a deeply weird dude. <laughs> From Bradford Pearson. <laughs> like, dude, okay, so think about this. This guy was, Mitt Romney has been alive for 72 years and apparently has never seen a normal person blow out birthday candles from Bart Smith. Oh my god. It's it's so true. And it, so this guy was almost president, right? Yeah. And, and to think that this guy was almost at the highest uh, level of public office <laughs> Dude, the leader of the free world blow, like almost blew out candles like this. Yeah, and that tells me how weird all the other guys in office are. That if this guy who was almost president, what about the random congressman and senator? What kind of weird shit are they doing? I mean, I, I mean, I, he's a Mormon, so he's kind of weird anyway. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's just it's a funny little thing. I mean, as far as like quirky, as, quirky. as far as like when news stories like where everything is just bad, that's just something to make fun of and kind of lighten the mood a little bit. So that so it's not bad. It's nice. I dig it. Um, I, I just I, I don't understand. What, what what his thought process is, dude. Well, that also, I don't yes. think there was a thought yes, process. Josh, yes, I think that he's yes. been doing that for his whole life with uh, birthday cake and candles. He's had it's, a lot of practice. It's fucking weird, man. I, I, I'll never understand it. I don't ever want to understand it. Um, I wish Mitt Romney would go away. 
Uh, the fact that he's back in a, a serious public office is terrifying, not no. to get political. Yeah. I did get some cool news about something that's going to be coming out soon. What did you get? The Jerky Boys are releasing their first album in 20 years this year. Okay. It's not both guys, because the other guy kind of sucked anyway, but Johnny Brennan is going to bring back his old characters and some new ones, and he already released like an early sample of one of the calls. We need some new Saul, man. I, I, hello? Oh, God, I went to the baseball game, <laughs> and I went to go get a hot dog, and I fell, and my shoes fell off. <laughs> And everyone was laughing. I was laying in a puddle of my pissing blood. Oh, God. Chuck Lace is calling the show. This is terrible. Hello. Hello, Chuck Lace. This is Saul Rosenberg. How are you? Hello? Hello? Nobody fucks with the Jesus. Oh, yes, you're on. You watch. I listen. I'm filling in for Dan and Taylor right now. How are you? Um, so, uh, I have the questions that were given to me by, uh, uh, Dave and, uh, about the, uh, uh, the football. What, what league are you covering? The Alliance of American Football. And y- I've heard you on the show several times and everyone laughed at me. Freeze and, in and, hell, and, and, and I want to know, first off, uh, what happened in the AAF this past week? Well, in the AAF, the uh, Apollos have continued their undefeated season. They're 5-0. You sound much more prepared this week than your last call. I'm, a, I'm all business. Okay. And what about Alita Battle Angel? I heard it was very good. I saw it recently. I did enjoy it. Uh, I think a lot of people should uh, go to the movies and watch it. Okay. So, anyway, for- to the, uh, the football. go ahead. Uh, the Apollos are 5-0. Oh, my. 5-0. and oh. That means they haven't lost yet. That is correct, yes. Okay, hello? Ma'am? Ma'am, are you still there? Yes, I am. Okay, go on. <laughs> are you okay, ma'am? Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. Hello? What are you doing? I'm wearing, I have all of my glasses and my shoes. We're gonna fuck your mothers while you watch and cry like little whiny bitches. Okay, so let me ask you some... I'm going to have um, the co-host of uh, You Listen to Me Watching, Taylor, ask a question. So ask ask your question, please. Uh, hello, Chuck. Uh, are you Taylor or are you some other turkey? No, 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 no. Everything's fine. Uh, if, uh, who, 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 uh, who's your MVP? Oh God, he hung up uh, oh, for all the humanity. So I'm going to break character now. Um, uh, Chuck Lace uh, actually said to me he was going to research and ask serious. He sent me the questions in advance, and oh, I good. said, "Just ask me these questions." So fuck him. He wanted to talk about Alita Battle Angel a couple weeks ago. That's so, just. And I, I just know. stayed in the saw the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, so I, I am super excited. He broke up my Jerky Boys conversation. Asshole. I, Josh and I used to hang out when we were like in middle school, elementary school, and for like six, seven hours. We would just prank phone call places, <laughs> and I, 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 I'm great. Josh can tell you, I won't break. I can keep a straight face throughout an entire prank phone call, right. no matter how funny it is. One of my he favorite did it when ones. When you posed as me, you asshole. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Actually, no, it wasn't you. It was uh, uh, Ken. That was, that was Ken. I said I was uh, Dan Colucci, <laughs> yeah. and dropped some very terrible words. <laughs> and so one time we were hanging out, and I called up uh, a woman who was a marriage counselor. And I did, like, almost the Frank Rizzo character. Hey, how you doing there, Chief? Uh, listen, uh, I was keeping my wife locked up. We got into an argument. And uh, she escaped. And I want to know what I got to do to keep that bitch in the hole. 
And oh, the, the psychiatrist like, you kept your wife confined? Like, all angry about it. I haven't done a prank phone call in probably 10 years, honestly. Yeah, it's been a while. It's, but the Jerky Boys coming back. I grew up listening to the Jerky Boys. I would hang out with my older brothers as they're, they called up pizza places. And this Italian guy, make the best of pizza in town so, while you have a, a food poisoning. So, so th- th- this goes into what you said before about how, like, I have never seen Rambo. I, I've honestly never listened to the Jerky Boys because I, I, I didn't have an older brother. Like, my parents were going to make them eat our shit. Then shit. Out our shit and, and then then eat their shit, shit that's made up of our shit that we made them eat. Yeah, <laughs> but I just never listen. Like you should if go back and listen to some of them because yeah. some of the characters from Saul Rosenberg, my favorite, who was a character on Family Guy, on top of it, he was the Mort the Jew that owned the pharmacy. I was going to say Saul, that sounded very that's, familiar. That's the same guy that did the Jerky Boys, okay. Johnny Brennan. Cool. Um, they Frank, Frank Rizzo is like the Italian mobster and right. calls everyone chief and boss. He's like, you need a truck driver? I got gotcha. you. I pop wheelies. I'm silly. <laughs> <laughs> they call me. I call Call me Rubberneck, and uh, it, it's going to be cool to see him go back to some of that. Uh, one of my favorite characters was the gay character uh, that called in. I'm a hairdresser. I'm crazy. Oh, Ronaldo. Hello, <laughs> Ronaldo. Uh, so uh, it'll be really cool. You should go back and listen to I some will. old Jerky Boys. Look up like don't the the famous one that people confuse with the Jerky Boys, and it's a funny prank phone call. Is the, why you kick my dog? That no, is not the Jerky Boys. Yeah, no, that's just some not. guy. Uh, but that that's going to be really cool. I'm excited to see what he does with that. Um, I had some other stuff here. Um, Did you? The next James Bond movie. I'm actually watching a bunch. Of, I'm watching uh, Goldfinger right now. Okay. In the next James Bond movie, he's going to drive an Aston Martin, as per usual. But it's going to be one of Aston Martin's electric cars. Okay, I don't, I don't, I don't see a problem. Well, because James Bond has to be progressive. And he has to protect the environment. Imagine James Bond, like all of a sudden. So James, you're telling me James Bond, the womanizer, in the age of the Me Too movement and women's empowerment, is concerned about fucking greenhouse gas emissions. Well, you have to understand, Money Penny. (laughs) The 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 carbon in the in the air is uh, going up, and it's burning a hole in the ozone layer. And uh, my name is Bond, James Green Bond. So it's fucking. I mean, listen, honestly, that should be secondary. If they all of a sudden they're like. James, what's your car? Well, you see, <laughs> uh, the rising greenhouse gases are uh, causing a hole in the environment. And that's what he's going to fight. He's going to fight against carbon. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, Mr. Trump is bringing back the coal mines. <laughs> we must stop him. They've already done like a, a news media mogul, water. Like The next thing they got to do is about global warming. Dude, I'm telling you, yeah, no, you're, you're going to see him like the, the villain's going to be the CEO of like a fracking company. He's going after people that aren't recycling. <laughs> It's like, your bottles and cans and paper must be separated. He just starts kicking down doors and he starts beating the shit out of people that don't fucking take a scissor to so, a six-pack. How will James Bond now reference the Me Too movement if he's going progressive? I, Is he going to... Uh, oh, my God. He goes from James Bond to Jamie Bond. He transitions uh, in the movie. <laughs> like, Mr. Bond, did you assume I'm a mister? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, where else could they go with There's a lot of things they could do. Um, He could be gay. I mean, they talked about doing a gay James Bond, which would be weird, and a female James Bond. Now they're talking about doing an American James Bond. They want to make... Why? He's called fucking Ethan Hunt. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. He's Ethan Hunt. IMF. It's fucking the Impossible... Impossible... Impossible. The the, the The Impossible impossible Missions Force. Like, we have our own James Bond. It's Ethan Hunt, and those movies are great. There there is not a bad mission. The worst Mission Impossible movie is significantly better than the worst James Bond movie. The only thing worse than a reboot to me is taking an idea that exists and just tweaking it. Yeah. Right? Why okay, we already American? have James Bond. Why don't we have James Bond, but he's American, but 
also in the same universe, the British James Bond exists. And why not? Let's throw a female James well, Bond you know in what? there, okay. too. I want to get really fucking weird well, with it. Give me a, um, a Libyan James Bond <laughs> that is literally just going to send children to blow buildings up. That's I, what I want. Isn't James Bond, take, like, the whole 007 and James Bond just, like, a moniker? In theory? Play, like, 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 even in the universe, like, it's just, he's just, a, he's the best agent they got, well, and he just calls himself James well, Bond. that's what they're trying to say if they did a female Bond or an American well, Bond, is that 007 is just a moniker. But James Bond, it's just always been retelling James Bond stories in different ways. Casino Royale went back to the beginning, and the beginning of James Bond, so it was a fresh reboot, and did it in a way that never did, and they gave actual depth to James Bond. If you watch some of those old Bond movies, they are downright rapey. Some of like the, I was watching Goldfinger in the opening scene. He's at a pool, and some girl that he's talking to gets up, and he just gives her a good old smack on the ass. Jesus. Like, and that's not even the worst one. Some of them are downright rapey. And I mean, it listen different times. I'm not offended by it. That's how right. I think movies were made back then. There weren't female leads generally, and if they were, it was like in Psycho and Rosemary's Baby. Right. But who's the worst Bond? I, I Tim Dalton was no Tim Dalton's good dude. He, he I okay, want to say he was Roger good, Moore, but, but he had some true. bad move. He had some boring Bond movies with Dalton. Um, who was the one that did one movie? He was the worst one. He had one James Bond movie. I know who you're talking Ro- about um, too. I can't but think of his something name. with the B. His last name. I don't know. Um, but I, I again, I was gonna say Roger Moore, but that's very no. Very it wrong. can't be Roger Moore. No, right? that's very wrong. I mean Connery. I, honestly. I might like Daniel Craig the most, to be honest. He, I, he, I like Daniel Craig the most, but my favorite Bond movie is the Timothy Dalton movie. Yeah, that's fair. And, and Tim Dalton was a was was a good Bond, but he had bad movies. Yeah. I think that's more fair to say. He had, like, I would say he had the most boring Bond movies that he was in. Connery got lazy at the end. Yeah. He was just coming back for paydays. But he's Connery. He, yeah. I mean, I think Pierce could have been an amazing Bond because he had the look, the attitude. But his outside of GoldenEye, his movies were just so oh, poorly my, written and, they and directed. Got worse and worse. Denise Richards, one of the worst Bond girls, Halle Berry. Both the two worst Bond girls were Halle Berry and Denise Richards. Not yeah. even close. I just—it's uh, crazy the quality of Goldeneye. Then you go to die. The, was it Tomorrow Never Dies? Uh, or then it's Tomorrow Never Dies. The then world is not enough. The world not, then die another day. Yeah. Okay. What, Barry Nelson. Yeah, he was a. Was he a Bond? I. That's just. just I forgot the, which one he is. Yeah, it says like Daniel Craig, Sean Connery, Pierce Brosnan, I, Roger for, Moore, Timothy Dalton, George uh, Lazenby. Well, for me. Connery will always be the quintessential Bond because right. Bond as we know him at our age is the guy that has all the crazy gadgets and tech and right. really it was Goldfinger that those first started getting introduced the yeah. car that had the thing shooting out and that's what James Bond became you know parodied for yeah. and everything but then when Casino Royale came out that to me brought Bond back to where I wanted him because yeah. as good as Golden I was like Josh said the sequels were equally as terrible and then Casino Royale was great Quantum of Solace was okay Skyfall was unbelievable and Spectre was just okay. Spectre was hokey at the end, and it kind of right. ruined it for me. Well, the the, the Skyfall, it's just the uh, what the hell's his name? Javier Bardem is just so he's a great so villain, amazing, and it, it was beautifully why. directed. Uh, Sam Mendes directed that, who directed um, uh, American Beauty, right. uh, fantastic movie. So it, it's it'll be interesting to see what they do with this. Like if, if they went with progressive James Bond, that would be so. If they really wanted to get me though, mm-hmm. they should go back to like really sleazeball Bond. Make him like downright rapey again. Yeah, that, I mean, you want to piss people sense. off. You want to piss people off. That's how you do it. Dino Bravo is on screen at WrestleMania Six, a Not dead bad. wrestler who was killed in a mob hit. Really? Yeah, he got gunned down in a hotel in a mob hit because he was tied up in organized crime. Speaking of organized crime, uh, the boss of the Gambino crime family in New York got whacked this week. The Did first he? time a boss has been whacked of the five families since 1984. Jesus. And they don't know who did it. Um, it, They said that this guy was, like, known for keeping a low profile. He wasn't seen in public too often, the boss, and got whacked. 
That's I wonder, a, people I think mean, that the mob doesn't operate anymore because they're more low key. It was John Gotti that blew up, becoming like he's the one that tried to make it a superstar thing. Yeah, well, I, the thing is too because if he like there was interesting documentaries on John Gotti where everyone says like he took care of the neighborhood. Oh yeah, he got rid of people that didn't. Most eat, of the old you know? school mob, but he he drew the wrath of a lot of the old school mobsters because he wanted to be famous. Yeah, he was absolutely. the first celebrity mobster. Really, mm. I mean, what's his name? Uh, the the big one, the Whitey Bulger, not Whitey Bulger. Fucking, I'm, how am I forgetting his fucking name? They never found his fucking body. Josh, help me out here. Al Capone. Uh, Al Capone. No, Al Capone's one of the famous ones. Well, the, yeah. They never found his body. What's his fucking name? The oh, mobster. Oh, oh, oh. He wasn't a mobster. He was a teamster. Teamster, yeah. Um, We're fucking from New Jersey. I know. And Jack Nicholson played him in a movie. Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa. So he was a you know teamster, but he was with organized crime. Right. Speaking of which, where are you at on The Sopranos? Because you just... Last time you talked to me two weeks ago, you watched Christopher go. And uh, I think I got three episodes. Okay, because I, I finally got the landlord well, into committing to watching, and now she's into it. Yeah, we just saw Richie get killed by uh, Janice. Right, and while we we're watching the show last night, she goes, "I hate these jogging suits that all of them wear." So what did I immediately do? You bought one. I went on Amazon and I yeah. bought a jogging yeah, suit. Yeah, you did. And we're going out tonight for um, a former guest of the show. Um, her name was Michaela when she was on. Uh, we're going out for her birthday in Warwick, and I'm totally gonna try wearing this jogging you suit should, dude. i'm gonna wear like a white shirt underneath look like a real fucking greasy wop i mean it makes sense but yeah I, I, the the sopranos because i i watch it with a, a guy from work because like he likes it a lot mm-hmm. and you know he's been sick so i stay after work and watch the show but i haven't watched in like easy oh. two and a half weeks yeah you need to come on finish up yeah finish no up. i only got because three... i can't get bobby bacala on until you're done yeah no i only got really yeah okay cool i'll take care of that yeah take care of you, you got but, three uh, episodes but the, it, it's a great show i feel dumb for never watching it before but it's one that I, like i said the more i've watched it the more things i pick up on mm-hmm. little things and how good gandolfini is again you can never go wrong it was the weirdest thing listening because he had that whole dream when he was in the coma he had the dream sequences yeah and it was the weirdest thing hearing him talk in his, like, his regular voice because it's like that's not him you, so you saw Conor McGregor got arrested this week? Yeah, and... I, I think it's a fucking nothing burger. So Some fan was probably following him around, asking for pictures and video when Conor was all drunk and probably coked up in the club, and so, Conor kept saying no, and the so, guy kept doing it. So uh, Michael Bisbing had a great take on this, and basically what he said was, you know, people really fucking push you. Yeah. Um, and there are half the time when, like, you just... You just want to do it, but you know, you, uh, better cooler heads prevail, and you just walk away. Also, I I heard that the the guy who, who got his phone smashed, who said that he he didn't know Connor wasn't live, he didn't know anything about it. His Snapchat story, his Instagram live story, all tell a different tale. Okay. He was taking pictures of him the whole night. He was in his harassing fucking face, him. harassing the shit out of him. And I think he got off light with getting his fucking phone smashed. Well, and the only reason Connor got arrested, because it's in the state of Florida, they legally have to make an arrest for any damage done that's over value in $900. At a minim- the, the minimum here is that Connor executed very poor judgment. He shouldn't have smashed a guy's phone um, just because of who he is. Right. And anything he does is magnified. But He's a polarizing I, figure. Yeah, exactly. Draw I mean, attention no matter where you exactly. go. Exactly. I mean, there's a million stories of uh, celebrities getting mad at fans for being harassing them nonstop. Well, I mean, it, it's 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 a very it's a very thin n- line. It's a thin line you could cross. It, it, it's it's also not a new narrative of the of paparazzi uh, invading personal Everyone's space. Everyone's paparazzi. Pa- dude, paparazzi, since TMZ. paparazzi killed Princess Diana. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it, it's it, it's it's disgusting well, that, what they do with, to these people. With smartphones, everyone's a member of the paparazzi because if he gets a video where he just goes up to Connor and says, "Oh, what do you?" Think think about this fight and he gives him an answer he can then sell that to tmz for a few thousand bucks Dude, tmz buys it a this lot guy of money. this guy leaked it out to tmz mm-hmm. and he got paid for it a lot of and money. all connor's gonna do in court is say here's ten thousand dollars 
He's just going to settle out of court. Yeah, take this shit. Get court. the fuck away a, from me. People that want to act like there, there's as many people that want, listen again. Connor executed terrible judgment, and he's got to be smarter than that with all the shit he's done. That that's outside of the octagon. Mm-hmm. But anyone that wants to act like he's some kind of fucking deviant because he broke a fan's phone, stop it. He's Please not. stop. He's he. Listen, Connor doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt. I will say he's put himself in position. But this is a bigger story than Tony Ferguson's wife filing a restraining order on him for domestic violence. Which I didn't even know about. Yeah. You literally just so, said it. So people are more mad about Connor breaking some asshole fan's phone than Tony Ferguson. And they're saying, well, we got to let it proceed. But they're mad at Greg Hardy getting signed to the UFC, who was arrested for the same thing. But they like Tony. Yeah. So it's okay. The double standards, we play with things. I was going to say. And I'm as guilty of it with people I like. You're as guilty yep. of it with people you like. And why can't we just acknowledge that we set standards for the people we like versus the people we don't like? Well, okay. Perfect example. So what what came down a couple days ago? Outside of the old Elbeck Not your trade, weight. Kareem Hunt. <laughs> Got handed an eight-game suspension. Yes. yes. Right now, what he did was absolutely vile. There is no, sure. there is no way in any parallel universe that that is acceptable behavior. No, not at all. Not when you. But because, not acceptable for a normal person, let alone someone in public, the public eye. But because he's Kareem Hunt, and he's a, a, an amazing football sure. player. They gave him eight games. Well, d- no, eight games is actually more than he would normally get. No, that's I, I'm agreeing yeah. with that. What I'm saying is, is that. You know, other people have lost jobs. Granted, Ray Rice was at the end of his career. Yeah, but Kareem well, Hunt is only this is technically only his third year in the league. You know what I mean? So correct. There's not as many as much well, tread the on the tires. The reason he got eight games is not just because of the video. It's because he lied to the investigators about what happened. Right. So there's aggravating circumstances, just like with what's coming out with Tyreek Hill now. That's, there are it, aggravating circumstances because well, he had a, he had a, a domestic violence arrest in college for choking his then pregnant, pregnant girlfriend. girlfriend, and now we're talking about a child, a three year old child that has a broken arm, and we need to know how because there's aggravating circumstances he could I think he's, if this comes out that it's legit he's going to get suspended for the full season because you he look should. at Adrian Peterson got suspended for the full season for something far less for maybe overly disciplining his child right. I don't I would never beat my children let alone hit them with a switch but depending on where you grow up that's normal things if you grow up in the south or the midwest parents raise themselves differently and I don't think it's any place for anyone outside of if you break someone's arm that's one thing right but it, I don't it's spanking is up to the parents as long as the kid is not getting actually abused I don't think it's anyone's place to tell them how yeah, they should raise I, their kid I, I think yeah I completely wholeheartedly agree like like because I, I'm not a father I'm not none thank of these God things. who the like who the fuck am I to tell someone how to raise their child when I don't have a child of my exactly own? so I, I have no place to stand in my but and my opinion kill no weight broke his son's arm that is different because that is that that's not this that's abuse. It's it's one thing if they were wrestling around, like playing around, and, it and accidentally, ha- accidentally happened. happened. But the fact that he once choked his then pregnant girlfriend when he was in college, he, he's Tyreek Hill's going to get suspended for the year, and uh, he he doesn't he doesn't have the ability to say, all right, well, we got to see what's happening. How stupid there, are these guys? Th- there's a track record of this happening. What what honestly blows my mind, and I'm actually glad we're here. What blows my mind is people that you know they come from underprivileged families, they work their ass off to get where they are. Now they're now they're multimillionaires. Yeah. Granted. Football players sit at the kids' table sure. when it comes to getting paid. But when all the spotlight is on you, when 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 all the pressure and you have all this stuff attached to you, how 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 do these people not think clearly? Now I understand fame and fortune gets to people's head, but how does it? Well, get to this it, point. It not even just gets to their head. They believe that fame and fortune protects them, and it, 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 the truth is, it has. I mean, we've seen it with all the stuff in Hollywood of these guys getting protected for rape and sexual assault because there is a level of swing there. We we're in a capitalistic country where money buys 
happiness. You know, you're guaranteed the pursuit of happiness, but it, we are conditioned to believe that money buys happiness and money buys protection. It's just how it's always been. It's probably how it always will be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, one other thing I wanted to talk about, there was one, other, I'm upset that uh, Crashing got canceled after three seasons. I saw about which that. Sucks, I saw that. But it, I will say, for a show that didn't know it was going to have its final season, the finale was so perfect. Yeah. If it was its last episode, but Apatow and Pete Holmes are talking about doing a feature length movie that would tie off the story. Makes sense. Which I think would be really cool. I still highly suggest if you haven't watched Crashing, you need to. Yeah, I, I just you, I've just been watching a lot you, of like, different stand shows. If you like up, no, you're watching the same shows you've seen That's not true. Times. I'm watching Ozark too. I, I got to finish okay. it. Okay. That's only two seasons. That should take you a minute. I I don't have I don't have that much free time. But instead of watching the league for the 40th time. Well, yeah, it's great. <laughs> no defense there. It's great. Um, and every time w- there was one other thing. Um, I saw a product oh. I need. Oh, did you? Um, it's a GoPro for your dick. It oh, goes, I saw it this, goes yeah. around your dick. Yeah, Think no, about the, the horrors you could see, especially with you when you're fucking a guy in the ass. What you would see, I don't or know you're getting I, fucked I don't in know the why ass. I sit here and take this bullshit. <laughs> Just like you it. take it in the shit, <laughs> dude. I. <sighs> God damn it! I don't do none of those fucking things. You're the worst anymore. Ever. All there you was never- motherfuckers are gonna pay. <laughs> I, I've never once done any of that. But you did in college. Wait, wait before you graduated college. I went to community college, and even then, it wouldn't fucking work. No, that's how you passed the professor. No, not even remotely pound, true. Pounding your big old shit cutter. Oh my god, you're seriously. Is, is this considered homophobic? Yes. Why? I didn't say I hate you for it. I just said it's just like you know. No, because it, ha- it just happens. Josh to does. Hate me Josh anyway. does wiener sex with his wife. You do butt stuff with got random guys. Sure. You go to a brothel and you take one in the shitter. All right, cool. Not All right, argue let's, do some, let's do some. Let's do some. Let's do some hot takes. Who wants to go first? Raise your hand. All right, I'll go. <laughs> okay, cool. A lot of things happened in the NFL this week. Um, we saw Antonio Brown get traded to the Raiders last week. Um, we saw Cameron Wake from my Dolphins leave and go to the Titans, and Ryan Tannehill get traded. Um, nothing but love for Cam Wake. Re- respected Ryan Tannehill. But I want to talk about the clusterfuck that is the New York football giants. Yep. Okay, so last year, I was convinced that going into before last season that the Giants would consider trading Odell Beckham, depending on the offer. What did they do instead on January 2nd of 2018? They signed him to a massive extension, making him one of the highest paid players in the league. What did they do this week but trade Odell Beckham Jr. to the Cleveland Browns for first, uh, first, sec- first third, and fourth round picks or fifth round picks? Uh, Not in, a first round, a third round, and then Jabril Peppers. So this is, and it actually ended up being a package deal because what they did instead of two different trades is that Odell Beckham and Olivier Vernon went to the Browns for Kevin's uh, Zeitler and uh, the, the picks that came over. The Giants now have what is what is the second most dead money against the cap in NFL history. So and so I think so, okay, like fi- twenty five, thirty million dollars. Correct. Almost? And I said last year, and Ralph and I had a big fight about it on the show. I said the Giant. I said they drafted Saquon Barkley, who we know is fantastic, but I said he doesn't make them a better team. Like they need a quarterback, they need an offensive line, they need a pass rusher. I said that moving Olivier Vernon to a three four linebacker is a mistake because he's always played defensive end. Right. And I was told I'm wrong. I'm like no, the he, Giants are close. I'm like the Giants always, should have rebuilt last year. No, he's always been a. Th- Tech. He's always been, always been down, uh, f- fingers in the ground, and rush a passer every, every time. Exactly, and they they try to make it sound like it's just easy to go to a three four linebacker. It's, it's not. not, especially if you're going on the strong side, the weak side. Listen, not not, not everyone's Demarcus Ware. Exactly, not everyone's Von Miller. Exactly, you know what I mean. Um, Elvis Dumerville, same Elvis kind of thing. Yeah. So I I I told all the Giants fans like they are not ready to compete. They're not at all, and it's not. It, part of it is Eli. The, the, let's be fair here. The reason they traded Odell Beckham and didn't resign Landon Collins, and um, they did. Uh, they got rid of Olivier Vernon is because of the money tied up to Eli Manning. Okay? It's very much and true. But 
the fact that they thought these last two years they were ready to compete. And I said when they started all this signing, when they signed Olivier Vernon, I told everyone, he is not this dynamic pass rusher. He's a good run defender and a solid pass rusher. He's not a superstar. What, he gave him one season of double-digit sacks? Yeah, I was going to say, he was, he was never that guy. He was never a superstar. He never was in Miami. I saw every snap of his career before he signed I, with the I, Giants. I, I don't know how he had, maybe because the market that year was shitty or Of course, something. pass rushers always get and, paid a premium. And that's, that's what happens, and, you know what I mean? And so now the Giants are in this position where I'm like, okay, they got rid of Beckham, they didn't re-sign Collins, they got rid of Vernon, they got a decent offensive lineman to put on there and Kevin Zeitler. And then they go and sign fucking Golden Tate this week. They're going to be the most expensive four-win team in NFL history. And the thing with signing Golden Tate is Golden Tate's not Odell Beckham, but he's a damn good receiver. They're going to luck in to too many wins, and if they don't draft a quarterback this year, they're going to miss the one um, the year after. That's why I'm happy the Dolphins are just going to fucking... Unless they get Josh Rosen, they're resigned to the fact that they're going to be terrible this year to get Tua next year. I, I, I... I have a problem with teams tanking on purpose. In the NBA, it's one thing, but in the NFL, especially could because they're they're wasting Saquon Barkley. Is what well, they're, they're going to they're wasting at least a minimum this year one year of his prime, and but realistically, well, two to three years of his well, prime. Because I've also seen a lot of Giants fans of uh, saying that, oh, you know, we're going to uh, tank for Tua or all this shit like that. I've heard people say they want to wait till fucking Trevor Lawrence declares That's for the draft. Two years from That's now. That's two years from now. You're wasting two years of Saquon so Barkley. I, I can't wrap my head around the fact that fans want to tank for a better player. I if your team is I don't ever want to sh- tank. If your team is shitty and you compete and you win four games, but you did the best you fucking can. That's one thing. So I don't want to tank. I don't want the Dolphins to tank. But what I do want, don't want them doing is spending money on players in hopes of being slightly better. Be because smart. I listen. You want to? I think I'm I'm 100 right on this. Since 2000. 2008, after their one and five season or one and fifteen season, when they went eleven and five and won the division, they've gone seven and nine, seven and nine, six and ten, mm-hmm. seven and nine, nine and seven, five and eleven, ten and six, six and ten, and then this past year seven and nine. So the two defini- winning seasons, exactly, and three nine and seven counts. So no, that, two, that, that's yeah, what okay, I said, yeah. yeah, but every year. They're one of the biggest spenders in free agency, from Mike Wallace to Brandon Gibson to Ndamukong Sue to um, uh, Brandon Albert. Yeah. They, they were always spending on Kenny Stills. To I, I also I, I don't fault the Dolphins. They're trying. They just they miss a lot. No, you know what they, I mean? Well, because you don't win by signing free agents. You win via the draft. The mm-hmm. Giants, for example, they have one draft pick remaining on their team from the 2010 to 2016 drafts. That's bad. That's not a way to win. That's really and bad. I don't believe Dave Gettleman has a fucking clue what he's doing. Oh. I think he's throwing shit at the wall and seeing what's if he had a clue what he was doing, he wouldn't have re-signed Odell Beckham last year. Mm-hmm. He would have signed Landon Collins to an extension. I'm sorry, Jabil Preppers is a good player. He is not Landon Collins. He hasn't lived up to his first round draft right. pick. He's good in coverage. He can't tackle. He can't defend the run. So the Giants are are literally teetering on the point because Eli Manning sucks, but he is good enough to luck them into a few wins they shouldn't win. Absolutely. If they they were in enough games last year where one or two breaks, they're instead of being uh, five and eleven, they were seven and nine. Yeah. And then you're out of the well, top five in well, picks. That that argument you had with Ralph is the same argument I had. I granted I know that I know the offensive or the rookie of the year always goes by stats. Of course. That's why I I can't understand people who say, even though Barkley is, is an otherworldly talent, that Philip Lindsay you know what I mean? Undrafted, and he helped well, the Broncos if there was a, win if games. If there was a rookie MVP, that, 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 me, that's my if, whole. If there was a rookie MVP, if you're looking at the argument of what value means, there was no better value in the NFL than Philip Lindsay. Yes, but if you're going off what MVP actually means, which is just the stats, Baker, and how... May, Baker Mayfield was the most valuable rookie yes, because actually. he took a zero win team to seven wins. Yeah, no, like, I completely agree. It's pretty crazy, but I no. I think the Giants are truly. 
going to be one of the three worst teams in the NFL, right next to my Miami Dolphins. But I'm listen. They're doing. They're not. They, Denver's not going to be great. Teddy either. Bridgewater wanted guaranteed money and guaranteed the starting job, and they said no. I'm happy about that. Mm-hmm. They didn't blink. I like Teddy Bridgewater a lot, but the mistake they've made every quarterback since Marino is that they they fucked up. They gave money to the wrong guys. They decided, yeah. let's sign a concussion-prone Trent Green in 2007. And what happened in the first game of the season to Trent Green? But got a season-ending concussion. Or how about uh, Culpepper? Da- See, that one I'm a little weird on because at the time, you're talking about a quarterback coming off a significant shoulder injury to his throwing shoulder versus a guy with a knee injury who wasn't necessarily a scrambler. Mm-hmm. No one expected Drew. Drew Brees didn't become Drew Brees. Until he got to New Orleans. Until he had Sean Payton. He yep. was still a good quarterback, and Dante Culpepper was a former MVP. Mm-hmm. So I just think the Giants are truly in NFL. They want to talk shit on the Cowboys all they want. They're making the same mistakes the Cowboys did for years yep. and years under Romo. So congrats, guys. This is where you are now. Yep, I completely agree. Right. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick in sports the last word um pete alonzo should be the, the first baseman in opening day but i don't think he will be i think just for the next year of control you you sacrifice two weeks well, of the season i see dom smith at first base and i i actually agree with you because um if dom smith was sucking in spring training i'd have a big issue with it but it's the fact great, that dom smith is killing dude, it and he looks in great shape and he has a good glove dude it's a great problem to have, yeah and i'm an very abs- happy about it because big question mark at third base even though mcneil is going to be there opening day that's my belief um but at first base is one of the most important positions on the field, at least in the infield. And you got to also remember that Dom Smith was Pete Alonso three years ago. He yes. was all the rage. I, I, the I remember when I first started following the team, that's what everyone said, Dom Smith this, Absolutely. Dom Smith that. I think because Alonso is such a, a big bat. Oh, my and, God. And he, he's that, that home running hit against the Red Sox Dude, last week, great. out of the building. Yeah. Or how about when he Alex had, Cora said that he was the best hitter he saw in Florida, even including the guys in his team like Xander Bogarts and Mookie Betts Dude, and shit. That's awesome. That's, and did, did, you, did you see him try? Reddit. Yeah, oh my or, God. Reddick. Yeah, J- dude. He Not re- J.J. Reddick. Why did I say J.J. Reddick? Because that's Josh a famous Reddick, uh, yeah. Yeah. basketball player. Yeah. J.J. Um, I'm Even though th- there's a lot of question yeah, marks. Yeah, he took out Turkaloo also. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of question marks going into the season, obviously, with the Mets. That the, that really is uh, not out, outside of a realm of possibility. But I very much want to see Dom Smith starting. Unless and, Pete Alonso gives him a reason that they have to put listen, him at first I base. think Dom Smith And is, there's not a valuable argument here. To, I'd rather sacrifice the first two weeks of the season for an extra year of control because it seems like Alonzo could be that guy. And and let's say Dom Smith comes out and crushes it. It's fucking a good problem to have. Exactly. And I very much like like the core coming together because you have Ahmed Rosario. You know what? Here's my hot take. I was listening to CMB yesterday and someone says, oh, uh, uh, Robinson Cano went on record and said Ahmed Rosario is going to be an an absolute superstar in this league. And you know what Bart Scott says? Bart Scott says when? Oh, yeah, dude? He's first like major league, first major league season was only last year. Yeah, well, Bart He's Scott doesn't know anything. Old? Bart Scott doesn't know anything about Shut baseball. Shut up, Bart. He barely you knows anything. About, he barely knows anything about the sport he played. I understand, but like, uh, I agree. We can't call him a superstar like yet that. until he proves it. But he's shown enough that you can see the flashes of he's potential. A, he's a fucking there. kid, but it goes back. I, I love the young core the Mets have, and you I also love like guys. I, uh, enough with that shit. Come on. And I, I have to say, I'm very excited for this for the season. Even though it doesn't matter what happens, win or lose. I very much will enjoy it. Absolutely. Um, I'm excited for opening day. I need Michael Conforto to really take over this He's year. going to. That's what I need. I think he's going to have like a 35-40 home run season. You got bat 280. Brandon Nimmo, Ahmed Rosario. And to be honest, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I want Mesoraco on the opening day roster. No, That's what I, I want. I do not. I do. I don't, I don't want Darno back there. It's going to be Darno. Darno can't throw anyone out. Neither can Mesoraco. I'd rather have Mesoraco back Mesoraco, there as, as defensively no, is better. No, I like no he's not better defensively. He had the lowest percentage of called strikes on pitches that could have been. Some, 
for Darno someone was like, one of the best at framing pitches uh, in, the, in, in MLB. Period. Not everyone's Yadier Molina. Let's be no, real. No, well, no, not everyone is. But Mezzarocco is a piss poor defensive catcher. He always has been. He's a better. He's more power than Darno. But I think Darno not being the starter is actually going to help his bat out quite a bit. I, I just like Mezzarocco behind the plate with the Grom on the mound. That's, what I'm <sighs> That's he, just me. he's okay. I mean, it's. I, I mean. The defense is kind of neutral between them. It's not a huge difference, but he can't call a game. He's a terrible at calling games, and I, I I'm still that's learning my the nuances problem. of the game, and that's probably one position I've he doesn't call more a very of, good game. I, framing pitches when you when your game is when your team is built around pitching is so unbelievably important. Yeah, and Mesoraco, literally framing pitches is a matter of inches, centimeters even, where yeah. it's down here and you catch it and it looks up and the umpire calls a strike. Right, and which again, wise we should never have robot umpires. Yeah, never. Josh. Give me your last word. Uh, so I'm going to stick in sports Go. as well. Let us gingerly touch our t- And I want to say, uh, New York Yankees fans, buckle up, because we're going to home run ourselves straight to the wild card game again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's your who's your ace? I'm going to talk about Luis Severino, who was out until May. At I'm going to talk at least, about at least. Masahira Tanaka, who did not opt out of his contract because he knows that he's not worth the money that we're paying him anymore. <laughs> We're going to talk about CC Sabathia, who's old as fuck. And his heart is going. <laughs> and we're going to talk about Jay Happ, the only... Well, you got Paxton. Only, Paxton's all right. The only pitcher that is on in the rotation right now that we know he could do something decent. He's also 100% healthy, right? For now. If Aaron For Judge... George. Yeah. Aaron George. <laughs> if Aaron Judge... <laughs> and uh, I almost said Drew Stanton. <laughs> and John Carlos The quarterback... <laughs> Drew Stanton has joined the Yankees. Is he the ace? He actually played baseball too, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Fucking stupid. This is what we need. We need Russell Wilson to stay on the team. <laughs> no, Fuck, the, man. The Yankees need to find a way to get Kyler Murray to play if baseball. We, if, we can't, if we can't break the home run record again or match the home run record that we set last year, this team is a team that's they're not bound to, for the I playoffs. Mean, I think the Yankees, what I hate is that they're going to go with the opener often well, until Severino's back where the closer is going to start the game. Get through the first all, the first round of the order and then put it. I hate that shit. That just sounds. I, sounds like a bad I idea. hate that shit. But that's what they got to do because they don't have a five. They I. Well, that's why when I would you were here when I was screaming at Ralph. I'm yeah. like they shouldn't trade for Machado. They need no, an ace. They well, then you trade for Machado. They Dallas Keuchel's not the answer. Gio Gonzalez is not the answer. They could have made a James different. Paxton is not a number four. His career numbers are almost identical to Sonny Gray's and Patrick Corbin's, who they yeah. almost spent too much money on. You know they have all these prospects and. The team is loaded right now, so you got it you're really at the is. point you're at the point you got to offload the prospects. You got to you got to get out it. there. You got to see who's well, willing to make a what trade. Finally what finally wanted for him in 2009 was getting an ace in CC Sabathia yeah. and a solid number two in AJ Burnett, well, specifically mm-hmm. because you, you, the offensive firepower that you have is well enough. Absolutely. If you unload those picks, you could sustain that same offensive output. You know what I mean? Barring significant injuries, but sure. you need again. You have the bats. It's like the Mets don't really have the bats. They have the pitching. The Yankees have the bats. Uh, or had the pitching. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. It's, well, it's you, know, you, you You open up things when you have... A guy that could go seven innings and give up two runs or less every single mm-hmm. time out. And the way that they're the way that they're set up right now with, with the question marks on the rotation... They're all five-inning pitchers. If they're, if they're giving up home runs, if they're giving up a lot of runs to the other team, the other team could pitch around Yeah, sure. Giancarlo. The other sure. team could pitch I mean, around It'll be a judge. lot different if Gary Sanchez is a bounce back here and stays healthy. That'll help them out tremendously. That'd and then the nice. second years of Glyber Torres and Miguel Andujar should help out a lot. Yeah. But there, there are a lot of questions around the Yankees. And I think that them sitting on their, what they thought was... A, it was still a 100-win team. 
team. But what was the difference between the Yankees and the Red Sox other than non-relying on home run? Was Chris, Chris Sale. Chris Sale. Craig Chris Kimbrell. Sale. Yeah. I wouldn't even say Kimbrell because the Yankees' bullpen was not a problem last year. No, but the, I'm, I'm the Red not Sox saying. Had I'm, just an saying ace. I'm just saying. Kim- yeah. Kimbrough was that guy. You know what I mean? All right. Let's wrap this son of a bitch up. Uh, thank you to Kevin Knight. Again, IWF Wrestling in Nutley on April 13th. We will be there live. That'll be crazy. Um, uh, shout out again to Brian Keane from last week. Shout out to our buddies at Hashtag Shots for Legs. Lobo Sound. Um, I'm playing oh, this out. I'm playing this out. Uh, this is uh, Austin 316 Day. This is episode 44 of You Watch, I Listen. We, we're recording on Friday next week. I'm going to get drunk while we're doing it. I might and, as well, too. I don't yeah, know. I'll might as well. We're going to party. We'll see you guys next week. Later. Peace out.